like because your boy BC is ready to go. It's the State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell on CBS Sports. You know it. It's back with a bang. WrestleMania 35 is upon us. And this is your preview. All killer, no filler. Coming to violate your personal space once again with another lethal dose of that performance-enhancing audio. As Jay Lethal once said on this show last week, it's not just WrestleMania weekend. You can call this wrestling weekend in general, if you will. And I think he's right, by the way, for the record. Are you guys ready for a revolution? Yes, Conrad, we are. You know I'm fired up for G1 Supercard on Saturday, along with a number of other events this week. But for the purpose of this show right here, right now, it's a different kind of revolution. All WrestleMania, all the damn time. Get fired up. Let's go. Bring it. Let's do it. My revolution, our revolution, the real revolution that started last year at SummerSlam with a slap is going to explode this Sunday. Oh, yeah. Inside Matt. Life Stadium. The women are going to make history in this triple threat main event, New Jersey. And we're going to break down this entire card from start to finish. Painstaking detail like only the SOC knows how. If you hang around long enough in this show, dear fine listener, as the great Nicostos used to say, we're also going to unveil for the first time ever the state of combat Mount Rushmore. We're going to etch some faces into the damn mountain. You're going to hear from some of our finest individuals as well. The people, if you will, that are in our will, that have dedicated their life to making this show what it is. We want to give back. We want to do that. And we appreciate everybody who has given back along the way. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sportify, SoundOff. MySpace, I don't know, whatever. Wherever the kids are listening these days, you guys are listening. You're part of the show. We appreciate it. We love you. Long intro over, guys. WrestleMania 35 is upon us. Let me bring in my co-host. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah, he's fresh off vacation, ready to light the big apple on fire. He also has never hedged. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, live and in living color from Stanford, Connecticut, BC and the Silver King. Hey, that's apropos, uh, Silver King. It is. Stanford, Titan Towers, one floor, baby. One floor up from WWE Network. Uh, we are here with your WrestleMania 35 preview, face-to-face. Nothing better than face-to-face. Nothing face-to-face. BC and the Silver King right here. I'm excited. This is going to be quite a show. Um, Look, you can call it Wrestling Weekend if you want. F that. It's WrestleMania week. WrestleMania weekend. It's the road to WrestleMania. Everyone else is just jumping on the bandwagon. Wow. You know that. Wow. It's quite obvious. Look, I'm excited for the G1 you... Supercard. I'm excited for some of the other smaller events right in the Right now, area. Silver King's sitting on basically a casting couch here at, at the Stanford office. If Brandy was sitting next to you and she asked you this. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come, oh, come on, Brandy, yeah. Would you be like, I'm sorry, Eden Styles. This is Mania Weekend. No, you'd be well, all in. Listen, ex- exceptions can be made. And we'd be figuring out whether she was talking to you about wrestling, unlike when she was talking to me. Story for another time. Wow, but are you fired up? Do you feel it in your bones? Feel that. Feel all of that. 
Yeah, man, this is really exciting. You know, it's it's weird for me, as I said kind of on last week's show. I've been in New York for like a week now. So this is, you know, that part's old. Now it's time to get to the professional wrestling. Now it's time to get to the sports entertainment. That's why we're here to preview WrestleMania 35. This is your ultimate preview show. And man, I am fired up for this. Yes, we're going to do Rushmore later on. We're going to hear from a lot of our DMers this show. Look, this show's all about you folks. You're on this journey with us week after week from the dirty bed sheets to the weeks that we're pumping off those sirens to the weeks that we're in between. You've been on this journey. We break it all down for you every week. This is what that's why we lift all them weights in the offseason for WrestleMania weekend. And Adam, not just am I fired up for Sunday night. Not just am I fired up for the Hall of Fame on Saturday. G1, like I mentioned, outside of WWE. NXT on Friday night. What we are uh, blessed to be able to do as journalists who cover WWE, thank you CBS Sports for employing us, is we get a lot of FaceTime with these wrestlers. And, and shout out to WWE's PR department. Uh, they make these these wrestlers available. We write the features and do the interviews to to give coverage to the events. And in this week, we got some great interviews coming up. We're going to get some great access where we really get to get in the heads of these of these performers ahead of it. I'm fired up. I don't want to spill, you know, tease the bag and get the mess now of what's still coming. But anybody up to this point who's listening to this WrestleMania preview, make sure you get out there here. NXT preview from Tuesday on the State of Combat, which also has interviews with the great Triple H and Adam Cole, baby. And even go back and check out that Jay Lethal interview along with Joey Janela when we previewed everything else going on outside of WWE this weekend. But like we said, for this show right here, right now, from this point forward, it's all about Mania. It's all about Rushmore. It's all about the damn siren. And I got to ask you a question, Adam, as things stand right now, coming off Go Home Raw, coming off Go Home SmackDown, can I hit the siren? Have they violated your feel hole? Are, where are you right now? Is the black cloud have a silver king lining on it? Can I hit the button? Where are you at at this moment, Wednesday, Mania Week? Let's not forget, we also have the Charlotte Flair interview last week that you can listen to. BC failed to mention that. Just as good as the rest. Uh, Monday night, there was a siren. Siren came about 9.57 p.m. Tuesday night, there was a siren. Siren came around 9 and then again at 10 o'clock. But, you know, that last hour of Raw on Monday night... That it muted the siren. Uh, it put it in a yeah. box, in a soundproof box, and kind of put it under the couch for me. Um, you mean that turd? That turd? That the, was uh, the turd that was hour three of Raw on Monday night. Good lord, uh, we weren't the only ones. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start it. Look, it's our show. It's the people's show. Let's get right into a Kentucky Long Rifle. We're just gonna jump right out to even before we get into. And we got listeners that we love. Have you ever heard of this guy at Trey Doherty, Trevor? He's one of our OGs. He's one of our originals. Could his could his name be etched in the history books and his face show up on State of Combat Mountain? We don't know. But he says, on the go-home episode, Vince decides to end the show with Corbin pinning Mysterio. Why not end it with that triple threat brawl and arrest segment? That would have been hot fire. I'm not impressed, man. Then he says, BC, play the soundbite. Look at all of this crap in this ring. If you're Vince McMahon in WWE, how do, how do you justify how Raw ended on Monday night? So the only justification, and I'm not saying it's correct, but the only justification that they can make is, yes, Hour 1 and Hour 2 of Raw are, are more highly rated. They have proven that over the last 
year or so that there is a drop-off in hour three. Well, sure, maybe that's the case. That gets thrown out the window on the go-home edition of Raw before WrestleMania. You give fans reasons to stay tuned for your third hour and watch the final segment at 10.55 p.m. It's your job as a company producing TV and producing pay-per-views to put compelling enough content in your third hour to get people to watch, especially when you're not going head-to-head with the Final Four or college basketball, and you're not going head-to-head with the NFL. And you're not spoiling the raw results on Twitter to this at Silverstein Adam. Absolutely, because at Silverstein Adam on Twitter is watching the Go Home Raw live as almost every other massive WWE fan is doing. Adam, since the rest of the show is going to be all about good, glad tidings and good feelings. We have to go through And this. you and I are sitting next to each other. Yeah. We can't fight in person here. We've got a show to do. Can we get the negative part of the show out of the way? I got a, another DM this week. And I could read five of these. This is just the guy who jumped off the page. And we got to squash this beef right now. From Nick at the Nick H. Not the Nick K. Not Nick Costos. <laughs> from one of our listeners that says, look. Long-time listener, first-time DMer, but I can't stay silent any longer. The Silver King expecting the world to not discuss Raw in real time on Twitter is the absolute worst take I've ever heard. Real-time conversation is what Twitter is predominantly based around. Just because one person happens to work in NFL while also being a fan of WWE, he expects the rest of the world to stop the online conversation. In 2019, the onus lies slowly with the individual slowly solely <laughs> solely Gordon solely to either stay offline or unfollow accounts that are providing you with spoilers Adam even though I agree with at the Nick H this genius that's not me talking that's our people talking so I actually think that's a really solid tweet but interesting sir that you don't tweet that at me you want to send that behind my back to the wow. Brian Campbell that's fine but I, I don't even want to get into that because everyone was watching this episode of raw live Silver King was watching live. Wow. Every single person Silver King's going to punt. He's going to punt. No, no, because it was a good tweet. And, that, that you know, I, I respect the quality. I respect the quality of that composition. And other people have said, look, tell the Silver King that this is the most social sport, sports entertainment outfit there is Folks, out there. It's enter- listen, it's entertainment. All right. When, when, when the NFL is on, you don't live tweet raw, period. At least you don't live tweet major spoilers. Um, but I, I want to get into this final hour of Raw, BC. Because it wasn't it was ju- gross. it wasn't just the go home segment. Every single thing that they put on that last hour of Raw, following the Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey explosive fight, was terrible. I want you to tell me which was the most objectionable out of this list. All right, because I'm going to read down the final hour. I'm ready. They jobbed out Bobby Roode and Chad Gable who are just the Raw Tag Team Champions, who are just contending with the Revival, and apparently have had amazing house show matches one after another for the last few months. And so have the Ascension, by the way. Keep going. I haven't heard that, but cool. Uh, random. Uh, but they jobbed them out to heavy machinery. My point is what happens on the house shows stays at the house shows. Fine. Does the Ascension win on house shows? Uh, that's the only time they work, by the way. Oh, that's, I mean, that's the only time they should work. Uh, they jobbed them out to heavy machinery. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, they have the awful Braun Strowman segment. I'm not even going to detail that. Number three, they give away that the demon is going to be making an appearance at WrestleMania. And not only do they give it away, they have him do this awkward segment on the Titantron, sticking his tongue out. And, And not that that was bad, because the demon does do that occasionally. 
but it was so cartoony it it almost harkened back to the pumpkin demon sister Abigail situation. It almost situation. harkened back to the core of what's wrong with that, Adam. Demons cannot be baby faces unless you're oh. Kane and you've been on the scene for 20 years and people love you. Pre in 2018 when he was in a title main event on a pay per view. By the way, never forget. But they had, but they had that. They just gave away the demon and they mentioned it like seven times and, and they left no room for a surprise. Which why do it? You don't need you don't need Finn Balor to sell WrestleMania. And people have said it a million times Finn didn't use the demon against Brock, but he's going to use it against Lashley. Come on, exactly. And then we close the show with Rey Mysterio, the challenger for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. Losing clean to Baron Corbin. And they put it in the go-home spot when they already had them in the ring earlier in the show and had an opportunity to get that done then. And by the way, this comes one week after they put Kurt Angle over Samoa Joe, the United States champion. So they've had the champion and challenger for that SmackDown match lose in consecutive weeks on Raw. And you can cry, 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 and I'll buy a boat. And flow down the river of your tears. Uh, I, they have to be set us up, setting us up for troll bookie. This can't be a hole in Vince McMahon's uh, vision where he's like, eh, where he's either one of two things. Where he's either going, yeah, no one's really going to watch from 10 to 11 anyway, so let's pop Mysterio out there. The kids like On the go-home raw. Or, or the only other way that this can make sense is... Uh, if they're trolling us, if they're straight up setting us up for the potential. Look, John Cena is going to be on this WrestleMania show in some He's going to interrupt Elias. He's is, not going to be in this okay, match. Okay, is he going to interrupt Elias? Or or is Mysterio going to be hurt because he was selling injuries against Corbin and suddenly Cena is going to face Joe, which would be a great open challenge praise title match. Go, praise be to God if they or do Or is it going to be what we've talked about, a lot of people have talked about, that Angle's going to squash Corbin and say, look, I know it's my last match, but I want some competition. I need a challenge. And then... Cena comes out and you redo, what's it, uh, uh, you know, uh, ruthless, ruthless aggression. aggression all yeah. over again. Either of, those, either of those two scenarios outside of Elias, because <laughs> they did that last year, by the way, so they can't do it again. Uh, those two scenarios work. So maybe Vince is smarter than we think, and it's just typical WWE troll booking. They want you to boo this so bad. And don't forget, Corbin mentioned it when he cut that promo before the, earlier in the show. He mentioned, I've seen what all your fans have said about me on Twitter and that you don't like, you know. They've been going to the well with that a lot. If that's a setup, I'm, it's not it's not justifiable, but at least it leads you to believe that Vince isn't clueless. Why are you troll booking at 10.55 exactly. on the go-home raw? Exactly. You can do it at 9.55. Well, it, it brings me back to the core question. I started the show positive and fired up. I got DMs of people that are fired the heck up super fast here. Hey, you know Doug Spare Tire at Doug underscore Coutier. You know that guy, oh, right? Oh, he changed his name. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. long-time guy. He just sure. says, look... The feeling of being six days, 14 hours, four minutes, and 19 seconds away from attending my first mania just gave me the craziest feels ever. A visceral, emotional wave of energy hitting me with butterflies and goosebumps. I don't know that I've ever been this excited for a single day in my life. Despite the flaws and missteps, he's not wrong, folks. It's still the granddaddy of them all, and damn it, it will be incredible. Doug Coutier, Doug Sparetire. First time, long time. Love that. He's, he's a regular. That guy's a regular. Also a contender. No, he's not. Yeah, also a contender. He's not looking past that there's been missteps, but I could waste more time and play you four more DMs of people that are like, dude, what are we doing here on this build to mania? Adam, you know me. I've chosen love. There are enough storylines and potential for babyface pops that I'm even overlooking the last hour of Raw. 
But as things stand now for you, even with a go-home show that as a whole was hit or miss, up and down, up and down, are you fired the hell up? Does this Mania card, even if you didn't like the way they connected the dots to get there, is this set up to be what, let's not forget what last year was, top four or five Mania? I'll find uh, it was top four or five mania until the final hour where you have Nicholas and, well, then, let, let's, let's and then Brock Lesnar, Roman right, Reigns. Two years ago in Orlando, it was it was like top three until that final third. And then, yeah. then it, they dropped some turds. This one was hot fire last year. I still think it finished like top five at the back end mm-hmm. of the top five. Now, I'm not I'm not there with you on last year, but no, I am fired the hell up for this year. And you know what saved it? No surprise, BC. Smackdown. Because on many WrestleMania builds, especially when the brands were not split, SmackDown served as nothing more than a recap show. Mm-hmm. They would they would air a couple clips from Raw, a couple throwaway matches, and that's all they would give us. Instead, on SmackDown, they delivered us the goods. They gave us Becky Lynch coming in with a cop card. Why would they give her a ride to the arena? I have no idea. But that happened. And then they give us the go-home moment that we should have gotten on Monday night with Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan, and we'll get into that later. So they rectified their hour three missteps on Monday night with two extremely strong hours on Tuesday night. But I don't think, just because we want to be powers of positivity, Campbell and Silver King going into the show, I don't think we need to then overlook that, yes, the storyline with Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair has been extremely overbooked and convoluted over the last few weeks, not this week. And that the last hour of the go-home Raw left so much to be desired, they did themselves and their fans a disservice trying to sell their biggest show of the year. So could we settle... But I can put that, I can put that in the rear view. The, All right, then... the, the road to WrestleMania moves in one direction, towards MetLife Stadium. True, true, and you're not wrong on SmackDown. SmackDown Live is now the A show! And has been for a while to that degree. Unlike maybe last year, I, okay, last year's build was a little underwhelming too, but I think last year they had a deeper card of matches that I was, cared about the storyline and wanted to see. I think what they have this year, uh, can we be honest, is top-heavy. They, they've got four or five potential main eventers. They've got some things that, oh my God, but they've also they, they got some crap on there. I wouldn't call it crap, but it's poorly built matches. Just thrown at the screen. Just throw, like, like the U.S. title match is a throwaway match. The Cruiserweight Championship match, and no offense to Tony Nese, it's not hitting me in the field spot the way Mustafa Ali, Cedric it Alexander did ring, a year though. ago. It It'll be great. Okay, neither tag team, the, the Raw tag team match, as of this taping, has not been announced. It's looking like it's going to be an embarrassment. Yeah. And the SmackDown tag team match, they literally just threw together on Tuesday joke. when it looked like they were actually building towards a real better match. And there's so many amazing tag teams in WWE. There is no excuse not to have two extremely solid uh, team versus team or triple threat or fatal four-way matches for these titles. The Intercontinental Championship extremely convoluted build where it was simple and laid out right in front of us. It was clear it was going to be Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor, but they decided to have two title changes on the way to get there. So these matches can be great, but you're right. Unlike prior years where we've almost looked at the main event and said, oh, Roman Reigns again, (laughs) right? The Roman Reigns match this year is one of my most anticipated matches right. that we're going to see. And the triple main event, if they end up going that direction, which they should, are maybe three of the best main event matches 
that have been booked in quite some time. I mean, how many main event matches do we have as things stand right now? We this, have three. We have three, in my we opinion. We got the women. We have Rollins-Lesnar, which damn right that is. And Kofi-Daniel Bryan. Those are the three. We almost argued on the show a couple weeks ago. Is that Triple H old guy one? I don't think it that's, is. It that's, a, that's a tier two. Styles, if Styles Orton had a title, it could be. That's also a tier two for me. And Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre is a tier two. I think you have three tier one. Three tier two, and then everything else is just well. Kind of there. This build has brought a tear to the eye. Of, you know, at Jax Browner, remember I do. that time he caught a promo on this show that was look. He may end up seeing his face carved into the mountain. He says, "Hey, BC, it's been too long, but the jackpot has some damn questions." Number one, is this mania for real? Number two, see the first damn question. <laughs> the main event has a great build, and that's it. He goes on to no, tell you wrong. he goes on to tell you the three matches that he likes, but then he says, "Are we just waiting for the shakeup to make all those changes we were promised?" Right now it's garbage. Have an awesome weekend, brother. Wish I was there. By the way, a lot of our listeners are going to be there, Adam. And just like last week, we have offers to drink beer with the fans at an unseen, unreal level. We've got a beer aficionado, one of our followers, Chris Nyron. I don't know if you remember remember that dude. He's trying to set us up with a bar right around the corner from Barclays after NXT to do a we should do, do a meet and greet. We He's talking that, to the owners. He said, pick up the phone and call the owner and set something up. Silver King meet and greet with the fans in Brooklyn after NXT? Possibly lose in Oregon? I'll be there to watch it happen. Absolutely. And anything that involves craft beer, you know, the Silver King's uh, in for that. So I'm I'm down for that. Let's see if we can... Put it together, and if we can, maybe we'll send out a notice on Twitter or something like that, letting fans know where they can meet us after the show. I mean, look, NXT's the show. Like, we're excited for WrestleMania, right? But NXT TakeOver New York, if you heard our Tuesday episode, and you should go back and listen to it, that might be the show of the weekend. And I think right after that thing is over, we have a little bit of media obligation afterward. Uh, I think beers can be consumed all right well for look check you know stay with at state of combat for more information on that what about what jack what about what jackpot my man from the west coast a guy who knows great california ipas he's on that other side saying mania what are we doing here outside of outside of the three big matches well did he say three or said one uh, i didn't read the whole thing i mean look he, i don't know like the whole it's not like this card is top to bottom poorly built but yes the bottom third of it is just like Womp womp! Like they haven't really taken us there. They 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 got so convoluted in their storytelling for some of these bigger matches. It took up so much time on TV that they basically just like threw together. Here's an intercontinental title build. Oh, here's a United States Championship match. Oh, by the way, we don't have any tag matches on the show. Here's a fatal four way for you. So I mean, yeah, he's right in some regards, but. In general, this is a pretty well-built WrestleMania, and let's not overlook the top three matches. I mean, it deserves praise. All right, Jackpot, I understand where you're coming from. I'm choosing love. I'm fired up. I'm going to be there, brother, and I will say, in the arena, you get lost in your fields, whether you're in the press box or whether you're in the cheap seats. You're going to feel it. You're going to love it. Hey, final DM here before we get into business here. Maybe two quick ones here from the people. We don't have a lot of spot to put this in here. Remember you said something about Mania merch? You were going to outfit the people, the Rushmore listeners from Gabe Sacco at GSacco11. ABC, long-time listener, first-time slider. I was wondering if you and the Silver King would ever consider a listener t-shirt design contest. He's a graphic designer by trade, Adam. He's a huge fan. He would love to have a hand in creating our first-ever SOC merch to outfit the Rushmore folks and our prime listeners. Can you just update the fans? Where are we at right now on the idea of our lingo? 
our faces, our names being on people's chests all around the world, including Brisbane. Sure. So the Silver King on this podcast delivers time and time again, uh, interviews, production, editing, everything that's needed. But you know what? Fell a little bit short on this merch situation. We are we work for a big company. You know, this isn't some rinking dink operation. This is the big time brother. And, uh, you know, it's not as simple as just throwing your name on a store on a certain website that may sell professional wrestling T-shirts. So, you know, it it, it takes a little bit more red tape, a little bit more effort to get some merchandise uh, available through CBS Sports. So, uh, no, it didn't come together for WrestleMania, but there's interest. The avenues are open. That will be taken into consideration. And certainly if there's any opportunity for us to get merch to you or make it available for you, we will try to do that in the coming year. All right. Gabe had closed with asking us our first Mania memory as kids. He's claiming when he was three or four years old, he was marking out to WrestleMania 4 and the Macho Man winning the title. I have no memories from 3 and 4. I'm going to question whether he was doing that, but shout out to you, Gabe, for listening. Thank you. I go back to not watching WrestleMania 1. Couldn't get it on on, uh, pay-per-view in my area in Connecticut at that time but renting that tape over and over again, Adam, and just getting lost in the Hogan-Piper build, which, by the way, I got hooked from the A-Team, from MTV and the Rock and Wrestling Connection. Those were the portals that brought Hulk Hogan into my life. There's nothing to me like that Hogan-Piper build as a kid. I didn't watch WrestleMania 1 live, but watching that on VHS, renting that tape was my first memories. What about young Silverstein? Big Tatanka fan, people don't know. Big Tatanka fan. Uh, You know, imagine being a young wrestling fan about 10 years old. You've never ordered WWE pay-per-view. You've never seen a WrestleMania. And the first one that you order is WrestleMania 10. Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. uh, Macho Man Randy Savage against Crush. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, Yokozuna. You know the rest of the card. That's not a de- bad debut. No, not a bad debut. And you're talking Madison Square Garden, which, by the way, I have never visited, but I will. Wow. On so Saturday are you, night. Are you saying G1 Supercard is your introduction to the world's most famous arena? The home of WrestleMania 1. And by the way, in the, uh, in the, in the regular hallway there, when you, you know, when you leave the seats and you go into the concourse, they have a beautifully framed section of artifacts from their giant Hogan poster from oh, there. We, from we have to do that. One. I have to see it's that. fantastic. I want a picture. Oh. I want a picture by that when we're there. Look, I grew up an hour and a half from there in Connecticut, and I always tell people, Adam, and I say it, I oversay it in boxing, MMA, I don't care if you're going for the circus, NHL, Knicks playoff game, a damn concert. I saw the Black Crows New Year's Eve, oh five best show I've ever seen on the floor. Billy Joel, the, Billy Joel. When you're in the garden, yeah. it just feels big. It always feels bigger. Man, G1 might blast a I'm hole so excited. through our yeah. feel holes. Uh, we're not going to talk about G1 the rest of the show because this is all WrestleMania. I just want to give you 10 more seconds here from Jason Jeter at J. Jeter Leo. I don't, I don't, I don't, who's Jason Jeter? I don't know. All right. He says, BC, for years I've been hearing you talk about the revolution and eating fine steak. And I've never decided to indulge more so because I feel like I don't have that time. Well, my friend, since I'm doing my first mania in New York, like the Silver King, after hearing all the pods and listening to this week's podcast specifically, I did it. I've made a reservation to get some fine dining, and I'm going to G1 Supercard at MSG. Does He asks us if we recommend any primers before he goes at them. He says he's sure the show is going to be awesome, and he'll, he'll be converted no matter what. But since he's new to this revolution, and he says, thanks again for all you do for us, and hope you and Adam have a fantastic Mania week. 
Should he watch anything to get him ready, or should he just go in there? That's a good question. I mean, if he's never seen anything, I would just walk in. Because what are we going to, like, if we tell him, hey, go watch Naito Okada, right? Yeah, I mean, if, you like, ha- if he has NJPW World, watch the semifinals and finals of, of NJ Cup, maybe, because the winner is face fighting. But, but I almost feel like, hey, just be fresh. Go in this, yeah. see what's out there. Because you're going to get an intro into high-level independent and on the Ring of Honor side, and then you're going to get the the steak dinner, which is the stiff-ass yeah. New Japan style. I actually thought the, that DM was about to end with him, like, I have reservations at Peter Luger or something like that. And, and he'd like the Silver King to join him. I'd go to Peter Luger. Right. Someone's paying for me, yeah. Wait, what if what if there was a 30% chance you'd lose your spleen at the end of that? Uh, for Peter Luger? Yeah. Comped? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. All right. All right. All right we're going to have to get into one more thing before Mania because there's nowhere else in the show for it. One final slide. And that's from... Uh, who's it from here? Find let's, it. Let's get... Find it. Now find finding it. it. Now find finding it. it. Not finding it. Finding it. Uh, from Ross White at a Ross four words. Is that our best Twitter handle of all our fans? I mean, Black Sabre Jr. is better than that, but it's pretty good. Ross pretty words. Good. Hey, BC, don't know if you caught the John Oliver piece on HBO on WWE this week, but it makes it increasingly difficult to separate my lifelong love of wrestling and my moral obligations. Wrestling on air is pretty great right now, but the business ethics, specifically VKM, have always been awful, he says. In the piece on HBO, it suggested that fans can influence WWE, but Adam, do you think they can influence it in such a way to change the behind-the-scenes practices? Wow, he went on to talk about whether AEW can learn a lesson from this before they launch. Adam, your thoughts on this HBO? What is the name of that show that John Oliver did that So it's Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and I actually am a fan of his, and I'm a fan of that show. I've seen every single episode. I think they do a fantastic job. Uh, I thought this was great. Uh, the there's two parts to this, right? One is as longtime wrestling fans, we knew this, and we cannot act as if we did not. Uh, there really weren't many even specifics that he provided that were new knowledge for me. Now that doesn't mean that uh, us accepting it and, and not just watching it, but obviously this being a part of our profession uh, doesn't you know put us in a strange situation where yes, we're accepting something from a company that morally is not great. But, I mean, let's be honest. They're also in Saudi Arabia doing blood money in the sand. That's true. One, two, and probably this year, three and four. Uh, There's also the aspect of, and this does not excuse in any way WWE for what they're doing with independent contractors, but they are an example of one of many companies in this country that utilizes this practice. The difference with WWE when it comes to their independent contractor usage as, a, as opposed to full-time employees, uh, is twofold. One, they restrict them from working for other organizations. Where true independent contractors, that should not be the case. Uh, and number two, they're such a physically demanding and time-demanding company that to not provide some of these things to your employees, such as health care, and we're not saying that they don't cover physical injuries sustained in the ring, but general health care that you and I both receive. Uh, going to the dentist? Like going, yeah, from CBS Sports. Getting your dong checked? Well, the, Isaac Yankum is always an option, but you know that, right, that's a different right. scenario. Oh, yeah. um, that some of the, yes, th- there are issues with yes, this. Yes, my prostate. I'm 40. I'm a man. Come You're, after yeah. me. Uh, it's time for somebody to check that thing yeah, out. Yeah, so there are certain issues here. What I thought last week tonight did an exceedingly good job of was delivering this information in a concise, humorous manner and also doing so while painting the WWE product 
in a good light. Most quote-unquote exposés on WWE that you hear tell you wrestling's dumb. Oh, and by the way, Vince McMahon and co. are also a-holes on top of it. This is And carnies. And carnies. This was WWE's awesome. But just because it's awesome, you shouldn't overlook all of these other things. But BC, to me, fans get behind wrestlers. They get behind storylines. Those are things that they push for with change. With women, it wasn't just that they wanted women to be equals. They saw that they were talented and deserved to be treated as equals. To ask fans to chant or hold signs at WrestleMania demanding employer-covered health care, it's just not going to happen. I think there is some internal pressure, though, or external pressure, I should say, that this piece has created that might create some change. I hope it does, because I was not only entertained by it, I laughed. Did I think that you can poke at it? Yes, uh, showing Bret Hart file footage from 97 upset at Vince over the screw job as some sort of, look, even the wrestlers hate Vince McMahon is a joke. And the Roman Reigns stuff was unnecessary. So, But I think when a lot of hardcore fans or journalists reacted to this on Twitter, like, oh, come on, we've already seen all this. I don't think that tells the whole story because the the core of the crux of what they're talking about is not wrong. It's 2019. This is a combat sport, essentially. And they're treating guys to the point you have to work five-day-a-week schedules with very little vacation time and no off-season. It doesn't seem like it's healthy on your body. It doesn't seem like and to not have health care and to potentially not be paying their travel as independent contractors and restricting them from working elsewhere and they're not actually employees. I just think it adds up where... It was archaic that women were presented that way and the fans spoke up and it changed. To some degree... There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it. Won't have, won't ever be, and that's the bottom line. Yet Kofi Kingston may be WWE champion after this week and that's a great thing if that's something people were fighting against and they should. I don't think chance of We Want Healthcare will change this, but I hope this opens up WWE's eyes that... You can't do this. There's a, mean, better, there's a better way to do things. That's why people left WWF in the 90s to go to WCW. Less dates for more money? Where do I sign up? That's the debate we have on here all the time. If you can control your destiny going to AEW and these other places, and look, AEW's got to show us that they're different from WWE. It's not really a Because right yet. now those guys are independent contractors. The only difference is that they're not exclusive, many of them. That's the only difference right now. I think wrestling as a business, and to some degree when you're number one for so long, you are wrestling in everyone's eyes. To most people, there's no other wrestling than WWE. You have to be different, and they are making so much damn money right now, and with all the moral sins with Saudi Arabia, it's time to change this. So I hope this, even though they missed a few points, even though WWE responded with a statement that was like, look, they were factually wrong, and we'd love to invite this guy to Mania, and we'd love to talk about it. I hope this does. I don't know that Jesse Ventura is going to walk through that door and start a union and Roman Reigns is going to be in the front of the line signing up. UFC's got that same issue of guys who want to do the same thing. I do think it's time for a players association, a union. Yeah. Whether that happens or not, I hope this sparks change. Well, there's two- we don't want these guys to burn out and die. We don't want that. Right. And, and, you know, it seems like that course is being changed a little bit. And to give WWE some credit, their wellness policy seems to be helping. That doesn't mean it's great. All right. That doesn't mean it's even the caliber, well, as he said on that show, of the NFL or some pro- professional be honest sports with leagues. Me. But it's is the wellness policy step. to prevent Benoit situations? Yes. That okay. Primarily. So, so I will agree that it's doing that. It's making healthier athletes at a younger age. It's getting people away from the old lifestyle of like, on the road and drinking and all that and drugs and somas and all that stuff. But I think there's more actions that they can take, and I hope they do. Well, the wellness policy is primarily just like an HR company, an HR 
department is primarily to, to protect the company, not the performers. It helps the performers, but it's primarily to take care of the company. Um, but but look, I think there's things that can be done, right? There's all this money coming in from Fox. There's all this freaking money coming in from Saudi Arabia. If you don't want to give them health care, give every single performer a $60,000 a year stipend and say, this money is penciled in for health care. Go get some. There's opportunities to do that. You don't have to institute seasons because WWE cannot be off air for three months a year or something like but that. Their lost, but the but roster's you, overloaded. But you can rotate the yes. roster. You, the mid-card and low-card do not always need to be performing. And when guys work over X number of dates in a year, they get a bonus in their contracts because of it. There are things that WWE can do, can do purely from a monetary standpoint, which they have more than ever. Their, their, their stock is at a record high. Or close to it at this point. They're making more profits year over year than ever before. There's, they can just give these guys more money and say, we're not going to take care of you on the technical end. We'll take care of you on the financial I don't end. think this is a five-day-a-week job with the pounding that they do and the travel that they do. So can we get some of these guys off the house show circuit? I know you're always going to need certain names to sell tickets, but can we rotate that Rotate better? it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, time to get into the meat of the show. But before we do, Adam... Hey, it's time for a word from our friends and sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. All right, Adam, it is time. The main event, the WrestleMania, the mains, whatever you want to call them. Hey, let's dig up that dead guy. And the ultimate thrill ride. Spit it out. Thank you, Mean (laughs) Mark. Thank you. I'm so glad you're not wrestling. Hey, it was Pitbull who once said, give me the green light because I'm ready to go. Adam, I'm just going to remind you again. I know WWE's a PG product. He was not talking about driving. He was not. Right? No, he, he wasn't. He's got the green light mama, and you know what that you means. You know what that means. All righty, then. Main event coming at you. This is the main event. Thank you, Howard Finkel. It's mains time, top to bottom, match by match. Let's go deep before we close the show with the Rushmores. This is why you came to the show, to hear us break it down. 35 MetLife Stadium, 7 p.m. Eastern. Pre-show what, 5 p.m.-ish on the WWE Network? Yep, I'm ready. This is a long-ass show. Let's start at the bottom. What do we got on this kickoff show? So 15 confirmed matches. One that might be added very quick, Brian. There seems to be some momentum towards the Revival defending the Raw Tag Team Championships. Against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, there was a, a, a angle cut after Raw on social media with them asking for them being the challengers, uh, asking for a title match despite not having any wins as a team. Is Do you even have any desire to see this match knowing that they most likely would use this opportunity to give Hawkins his first win in like 270 tries? I love that storyline. People are always going to pop for underdogs, whether it's Zack Ryder climbing the ladder at 32, whether it's Heath Slater and Rhino. The B team on and on. The problem is they haven't told the story in a while. Eight, nine weeks ago was when we saw Hawkins uh, getting Ryder upset, saying, look, I'm a loser, blah, blah, blah. If that was the go-home this week, it would make more sense. I almost don't want to waste it then. I'd rather have Slater win the damn uh, 
uh, Andre the Jobber Battle Royal to uh, not Slater, Hawkins, uh, Hawkins, Hawkins to do that to end that streak. But then again, here's the thing. That's Hawkins' gimmick. So unless you're going to properly build that story, why just throw it in as an afterthought? And by the way, you know what that good feel-good moment would mean? The Revival, would, who are the champions, would take yet another L, Adam. And I know you don't want to hear this. I know it's mania time. It's not time to talk about the Revolution. It's not time to talk about AEW signing Dude, Jim it's Ross Russell, today as a senior advisor and as an announcer. Come by the way, I'm on. in on Jim we Ross. We can't even get through a WrestleMania episode. Adam, are you ready for a revolution? Because I am, all right? All right but my point was, Brian. Jim Ross, former WrestleMania announcer, by the way. Oh, please tell me you're excited about Jim Ross being a, 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 a play-by-play man. I'm all in on him in as 2019, a senior advisor for AEW, but Lie to us. not as a Yeah, exactly. I think it's a little washing. And by the way, the quote-unquote highest paid of all time? Uh, Come on. But my point was, dear Dash Wilder, dear Scott Dawson, dear Fergal the Demon. Hey, guys, did you know there's another promotion? I just want to say the offer still stands. I don't work for AEW. Yeah, the offer stands, but you know what? It's probably illegal because they're both under contract for a couple I just want to say Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have seen the light. Enjoy, guys. Drew Dean Ambrose may have seen the light. Yeah, maybe. Pac has seen the light. Yes, he has. Put your career in your own hands. Take control. Revival. I hope for your sake this is not a match. And you are not losing the championships on a kickoff show. You just had a title match this week on the Go Home Show. Look, not everybody could be on the Mania card. Two years ago, the Usos had a match of the year type match against American Alpha at the SmackDown Go Home Show. I was there in person in Connecticut. It was fantastic. They didn't make the Mania card. It happens. I need less throwing crap at the screen. It's, it's not WrestleMania 7 or 8 right now. It's WrestleMania 35. Can we have all killer and no filler? Yeah. Can we go back to... Can we have an NXT TakeOver Mania card for once? <laughs> can you just give me the green light with your best two hours of wrestling, please? There's literally three times as many matches on this as an NXT uh. TakeOver. Uh, look, here's the, the... You mentioned the biggest issue. The biggest issue is it was clear they were building this like six, seven weeks ago, and they completely went away for it just to randomly bring up DIY... And by the way, hurt Tommaso Ciampa and sacrifice the NXT TakeOver New York main event. And then have Ricochet and Aleister Black be on Raw fighting the Revival like six weeks in a row. And the matches were great, absolutely. Like, those guys are great. And the Revival look as good as ever. So credit to them. But to just throw this match back on after ruining what was a clear build. And it was clear they were going to have Hawkins end his losing streak at Mania by winning off the Revival. And yes... They probably, the Revival probably would have won the titles back on Monday night. But if they still want to do that, like, go for it if you have the time. But they really bungled this because it was a story they were telling, and they just stopped. That's so it. screw them. Screw them. we got to move on. But 30 years, 30 year anniversary this year of the Mega Powers angle of it culminating at WrestleMania five yeah. to have done the greatest story ever told 2.0. I know we talked about this in our extended NXT preview on Tuesday. I didn't really think about that significance. Matt, 30 years later to have culminated Gargano and Ciampa. Oh, man. Be a man, Hogan. Be a man. What's up with that? Oh, also, Hulk Hogan's probably going to be back because Brutus Beefcake was a last-minute Hall of Fame induction, and it seems like Hogan's going to be the one putting him in. Well, are they doing... The rumors. Are they doing inductions? Like, are they having... They haven't announced any of them. Usually they announce, hey, this person will induct no, this person. That's a good point. So, I After don't know. last year, Hillbilly Jim taking two hours. You never know. This could... I, I don't but know. But I, I, I do... I have a feeling we're going to see Hulk Hogan this weekend, and I know that we will see him next year in Tampa. Zero question about that. But, BC, we got 15 matches Let's on... Let's do it. We got 15 matches. We got to discuss them. Let's start with the Women's Battle Royal. And to me, there's really, like, 
four women that could potentially factor into a finish here. All right, you have Asuka, who we'll talk about her losing the SmackDown Women's Championship later in the show, probably in the last match that we discuss. Um, and then Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, both of whom, whom looked destined for a triple threat match with Asuka as her primary challengers. And then you have Lacey Evans, who keeps showing up and maybe someone that factors in here. To me, they just should give it to Asuka and say, look, sorry. Like, we screwed you, obviously. You should have had a singles match or a triple threat match. Our bad. Just take this W, and fans love you, and let's move on. I don't know if they're going to go that direction, though. Yeah, I almost feel like they won't now that they tip their ham on Tuesday night's go-home show SmackDown where they had that odd 18-person tag match that suddenly turned into a mixed battle royal. I don't know what. Yeah. My kids walked in, they're getting ready for school. They've been out of the product for a while now, for a year, and they're like, what is happening? And I looked at that and I said, I don't even know. But when I, when somebody stands tall in the go-home show, it scares you that they won't get their moment. So if it's not Asuka, and I agree it should be, Mandy Rose wouldn't be bad because you're building her as a potential star. But you mentioned Lacey Evans. She's done a lot of walking in and out and doing nothing else. This might be the time to really announce her. Announce her music, have her walk out, have her not enter the ring, have her linger, and then do one of those things where there's two people left and she comes running in and flips them. If that's the way to get her over, I'm into it. I mean, we know Vince is probably, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. But, By the yeah. way, Naomi also delivered a nice rear view to Luke Gallows in that weird situation on SmackDown. That was yeah, pretty funny. Wow, that could be his last the, moment with WWE. The right? only other, yeah, I that's mean, very possible. Absolutely. The only other person that could factor in is maybe Nikki Cross. You know, she She's someone that they've used on Raw and SmackDown frequently. They haven't killed her yet. They haven't really hurt her that bad because she hasn't really been in any major matches, BC. But there's not going to be another opportunity in this show to talk about very briefly. You know who they did kill on Tuesday night? Sanity. Oh, God. Killed. In, in what they're world, dead and buried. In what world, under heel or, or face, would The Miz be able to win a one on th- one against three handicap false count anywhere match against a legitimate team. If it was even something like uh, I don't know the Ascension Vic- with Victor coming off the street with the homeless <laughs> with guy vape, vaping, vaping right yeah. into the ring while yeah. vaping, I still would have been like, really, guys, this was the final nail, and it sucks. It actually makes me mad. I don't want to harp on it. Yeah. <sighs> From for you're the guy who says Vince doesn't ruin people. Look, the difference he ruins tag teams. In the end, the difference between how Paul. In Paul, we trust presents him on NXT and Vince on the main roster. They be, if there's the have and the have-nots, and there's 50-50 booking on the main roster. So if you come there and you're not a have, you're treated like a joke. You just job. In NXT, you can take an L, but the L is usually presented as you're you're on your road to a title shot and you lose to a better team. It's presented in almost a real sports manner. On the main roster, wins and losses never matter. And to now suddenly see Sanity in a full-on Ascension, Vaudevillain, Cologne, Cousins. Uh, why, why don't they just sell timeshares afterwards? It's sad to see because I don't want to go to high school, Billy, is a joke for us. It's a Billy Madison throwback and a reference there. But would you rather have Sanity for the next seven years being like the resident heel monster faction who can contend for the tag titles at times but really just be there, be respected, take L's, on the last minute run to the title and nothing else, yes. And now they're basically house jobbing vaudevillain style on the main roster. And I hate it because, Adam, if they were too small, it would be fine. If they had a gimmick that you're just like, like the vaudevillains is never going to work on the main roster, it would be fine. If they were no way Jose and the only way to keep him on the show was to give him Adam Rose's thing and dye his hair green, 
it would be fine. They're way too talented, well, and they're way too cool for that. And Vince has just sat on their face Rikishi style. <laughs> Let me toss his salad. With jelly or oh, syrup? Oh, God. I prefer syrup. Oh, uh, the, the, there are two things to say about it, though, and we will move on immediately after this. Well, nope. the first thing I do is make him toss my salad. All right, all right. Oh, you actually have that I sound drop. Have. Oh, my God. Uh, there's two things to say about it. One, it's the whole group was always Killian Dane and Nikki Cross, right? Like Eric Young, okay, yeah, he had some success in TNA or whatever the case, whatever. Well, he was, no, but he was but, the leader. He was the right yeah, leader. I understand. He can talk. He's crazy. He, he can. Alexander Wolf always a complete throwaway for me. So it's really about Killian Dane and Nikki Cross. They brought them to WWE without Nikki Cross. They left her there so she could lose in an NXT Women's Championship match. Then they bring her. Then they decide randomly to bring her back in, and they don't align her with Sanity, despite you know their entrance music being identical. Uh, you know, with the exception of the screams, obviously. And then they just, like, have her floating around. Their only chance of saving sanity at all is once the superstar shakeup happens to have her re-debut with them. She gives them an element that actually differentiates them from every other with her faction, because there are four, uh, that we have seen. It's very interesting. It's an interesting combination. Nikki Cross moves the needle. Okay. If she won the Battle Royal, I'd be fine. Let's roll on. I'd be fine with it. Speaking of the Men's Battle Royal, B.C., Look, this whole thing has primarily been built around Braun Strowman, the SNL Weekend Update guys, Colin Jost and Michael Che, who, by the way, independent of WWE, enjoy them very much. I think they do a great job on SNL. Uh, and randomly, Alexa Bliss kind of dictating how this match is going to go down. I mean, is it as simple, BC, as, you know, these guys hide under the ring for a while, they are the final three with Strowman, he throws them over the top and wins? Or do you think that this match will actually... Give us a winner a la a Matt Hardy or a Cesaro or someone that will get a little bit of a kick in the butt coming out of it. I'd like to go back to it meaning something that this guy has next, like Cesaro, like Mojo Rawley, who looked right. like he was going to be something for a while. Only and to be nothing. Only to be nothing, although I do like those promos. Lately. I do, too. I wish we could yeah. see more and hear more of that. Uh, if it's not Strowman, and you, you just laid out a scenario where it would make sense, have those guys run in late, get eliminated— then you've really just nailed. You've nailed. You've stepped on it. You've just put him underground for good. I mean, he's dead. I like. I. I. I, I was first on that. I called that a were, long time ago. But we're even a long way from that. I mean, the Nicholas thing last year. That was the start. It, it was either awful was or it was one special one-off. Well, what has he even done since then? Nothing. Nothing but break a few things. If his only reason here is to potentially get eliminated by these clowns, God, get me away from it. No. It should be a guy who can get a boost. EC3 and Apollo Crews, the kind of tease could be those guys on the go-homes this week that show you maybe the – look, if it goes to EC3, it's a chance to say, look, we want to do something with this guy. Let's see what he really has. I'm going to say that it, I want it to be him. I'm still going to predict Strowman because, Adam, this will be the second WrestleMania, third WrestleMania. What did, what did Strowman do two WrestleManias ago? Do we even remember off the top of our head? No. Did he even have a match? Was he in the damn Battle Royal? Probably. I don't even know. If you can't even remember, then that... I can't remember. Then, then, then that means nothing big or nothing important. So, um, you got to give him something. Him walking around with that, with that... Look, here's the deal. Some people will say, Adam, that a monster like Strowman should never have a title. And the people that say that are the same people that you say Andre the Giant should have, never have a title because you'll sort of ruin the power of the title of somebody that dominant gets it. I get that. I think it's different for Strowman. I still think Vince was hesitant to give the strap to Strowman when Roman got sick and never pulled the trigger on it. 
when he had the opportunity, when Braun was still hot. Now he's done. Now he's dead. At the very least, can we give him this damn Andre trophy and put him over as a destroyer and let him crush these SNL guys? Give me 14 hot minutes and let's get out of here, please. Uh, Strowman was not in WrestleMania 33 whatsoever. Um, I have one name. It should be three, but it's one. Andrade. He's in the match. He should have been in the U- in the U.S. title match. Yes. Uh, I-, I don't know exactly why they settled on the two guys. They- I mean, the one guy they did as a challenger, so I don't necessarily get it. Um, but give it to Andrade. Give it to Andrade. I love a happy ending. And I think Andrade does too after the show. Yeah, and speaking of that match, we might as well go to that next. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it with flair, right, Adam? You might as well do it with flair. You want to say the uh, – uh, we'll save it for later. Um, speaking of that match, though, B.C., Let's go to that next, honestly, because you want to talk about maybe the worst built match on the entire card outside of these battle royals. It's that United States Championship match between Samoa Joe yeah. and Rey Mysterio. And with Dominic, his son, who, by the way, it's pretty funny when when we're you know remembering Dominic from this Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio angle back in the day. And he's this little kid with bleached hair. <laughs> and now he towers over his father, which is hysterical. Um that's your angle for this. And they had those. It's been very confusing. They they changed the U.S. title like four times in the last two months. They gave it to R-Truth. He had a little comedic run with it and then gave it right up to Samoa Joe. And you know what, BC? I was thrilled, right? Because Samoa Joe is freaking awesome. And he finally got a title on the main roster. And they ran back this fatal four-way with R-Truth, Andrade, and Rey Mysterio. It seemed like we were headed for a blow-off Andrade Rey Mysterio match, and then Samoa Joe against a face. And you and I, what did we say? Samoa Joe John Cena. Dream match. Perfect for WrestleMania, and a great opportunity for Samoa Joe to go over. Instead, we have Andrade in a battle royal. Andrade, who should be one of WWE's most pushed, young, single male wrestlers. And we have, however old, 40, 41, 42, Rey Mysterio Jr., who, to his credit, looks 10 years his junior, uh, in this match with Samoa Joe. What do you think is going to happen? Is there any reason for Rey Mysterio to win? I don't know if we said this earlier in the show, and full disclosure, we Silver King and I had taped a portion of this show that was not being recorded as we thought it was, so that it'll be lost in the files forever. Uh, we may have mentioned this earlier, we may have not, but John Cena is going to have a role on this show. Will it be Silver King because uh, this Baron Corbin crap and he runs in and it's ruthless aggression and it's him and angle or will it be that the injury that Mysterio seemed to sell at the end against Baron Corbin to close raw will that mean that John Cena will take his place and we'll have an open challenge and this match will really be Samoa Joe John Cena as a surprise and why the hell badass. would you not promote that well it's like sort of why do you promote the demon but you don't promote this I don't know maybe I mean they've got enough star power Adam where the show already sells itself I get it they do like to have one surprise the rock was a surprise that time right yeah in 31 yep or 32 in Dallas. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If this match stays the way it is, I don't have high expectations. It can't go long. It cannot. If this match goes long, we're going to be there for nine hours. Um, yeah, they've undersold it and they've ruined it. I don't care. Adam, give me four hot minutes and a choke out. I really don't care I anymore. want him to choke out Dominic. I agree. I agree. I want Dominic tapping. I want him asleep. I want, and then I want him in WWE developmental because, think damn. Think he'd blade? He'd blade. Uh, I mean, they won't let him, but he would. All right, all right. He learned. He knows. He knows what's up. He knows. He knows. Uh, all right. Let's go to this uh, fatal four-way match for the Women's Tag Team Championship. You have the Boston Hug Connection against the Divas of Doom. If you remember, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. 
uh, the Iconics, and Nia Jax and Tamina. BC, we have the first ever, quote-unquote, women's tag team oh. champions in Bailey and Sasha Banks. Do they retain the titles? I think they do. I'm not really excited about this. Uh, we mentioned it in the past. I'm just not a big Beth Phoenix mark. I will say she did look great on Monday Night yeah, Raw. She's good. She, I mean, I thought she was a lot older. She's really only 38, I believe, 37, 38. Hmm. I, I, I assume she was older being that she just had a couple of children. And, and uh, I'll give her credit for coming back. I don't care. I think the Boston Hug need the belts for a potential main event drop-in, which we talked at length last week. So give me, I don't know, nine hot minutes here. Uh, yeah, I mean, that drop-in looks a little bit less likely. I mean, this is why Jax Browner and those t- and those guys are just like, give me a break but in But they've mania. at least built this. But it's, it's... It's not good. It's not good, but no, they've spent it, time. it's let me get as many people on the card as possible. But it here's is. the thing. You already have two battle royals for that. Well, that's the thing. They didn't need the women's battle royal because they had this match. If they wanted to have this match, it should have been a regular tag team match. We can't get a regular tag team match no. for the women's tag team titles. Like, what... Because they employ too many people because they're trying to keep them away from their competitors. Create create a rotating offseason, and this wouldn't be that much of a problem. So this was unnecessary. I would have loved to have seen the Iconics against Boston Hug, period. Didn't need more than that. Put Beth Phoenix in the Women's Battle Royal. Let her win it if you wanted to return. That's totally fine. I have Sasha Banks and Bailey retaining this. It's as simple as this. They're the first champions. They have to be able to hold on to the titles. You can't just have title changes all the time, especially when you introduce a new title. Look at the NXT UK Championship, which is what I call it, even though it's the WWE UK Championship. They didn't have Tyler Bate lose that thing in 10 days, right? He had a 125-day reign, right? That's about four months. You have to at least give these women four months with the titles. Let them establish it. And then at that point... If you, whoever you want, anyone on that list, you want Nia and Tamina to have the titles, that's fine. Let them beat them two-on-two in a real tag team match at a pay-per-view. That's how this works. All night Keep it rolling. All right, and speaking of tag team matches, we have another fatal four-way tag team match. This time... All right, this one pisses me off. For this the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, we have the Usos, the champions coming in, defending against Ricochet and Aleister Black, The Bar... And the team of Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm jumping right and in. And Rusev. Uh, these names are p- too good, too popular to be in this Jobber Battle Royal. I agree. But to have no storyline, to follow the exact match that the women are already having, which is too many teams, too many names just to fit them in, it sucks. I think the Usos should retain because there's no reason to, tra- to move the belts at this point. The Usos are doing Titles. great business. Yeah. My biggest problem is. The NXT guys, Adam, they've been great. They couldn't ask for better booking since going to the main roster. They've beat almost anybody. They haven't lost clean to anybody. Here's the deal. They are going to get title shots for the Raw titles, which they had on Monday, for the SmackDown titles now on Sunday, and on Friday at NXT for the NXT titles in the finals of the damn Dusty Classic, right? Yeah. Uh, Someone read my prediction. Go ahead. uh, Like... This is ridiculous. Under what world? By the way, I didn't read your prediction. But under under what? You, although I, if I, if David Shoemaker has it me was, on the show, it was DM to you, so you. I didn't read it. But okay. if David Shoemaker has me on the show, I hope to steal your uh, your analysis. But uh, my whole point is, Shoemaker can just call me if you want. If he wants, how to is it possible in any world that that makes sense? That these two guys who what? aren't even a tag team that are going to get all three title shots in the same week? It's so stupid. So I, I hate to disagree on this, right? It's stupid. I, but I hate to disagree because I would be in your camp almost all of the time, right? But based on the booking, it makes sense. They won the Dusty Classic. Okay, but why are they on Raw and SmackDown? Why? And, and why are they still on NXT? I know. I know all of this. 
But based on the booking, they won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. They're a burgeoning tag team, so they deserve that title shot. They beat the Revival Clean twice. But then they lost the title match. I know, but so they deserved that shot. And they've won matches, including the the four-on-four match on SmackDown, and they put them in that match. So they're deserving of these opportunities. Uh, The question is, are they going to lose all three? And I want to, the the logistical sense of my mind, logistical, the logical is the word I'm looking for, sense in my mind says the Usos retain. Because the Usos should retain. And by the way, Breaking news, the Usos just re-signed with WWE. Congratulations to them. But I do not see a scenario in which Ricochet and Aleister Black, as well as they have been booked, lose three tag team title matches in seven days. So because of that, I have to predict that they win the titles. And you know what, man? There's worse pushes. This is great. Like you said, they've been booked like stars, and having them make an official debut on the main roster after the Superstar shakeup, or not even because they'll have the titles, as the tag team champions, that's a great push. And by the way, they're awesome as a tag team. Well, they don't make any sense as a tag team, though. They're great together. But they don't really make any sense character-wise. I mean, I never got why Black was pushed as a babyface this whole time when he's an obvious heel. You just have this issue with demonic characters being faces. I do, but even even if what he does wasn't necessarily demonic or luciferian or whatever it's dark dark it's dark like a heel like basically you should start out as a heel and then we love you so much that we have to cherry you and you become a baby face because you come and save the day against somebody minor stuff i get what you're saying they should win something maybe it'll be monday night against the revival i don't know but i just don't like them in this title shot look this is why we can't have nice things this is why gallows and anderson are seeking employment yeah i don't blame them but my bigger issue it was pretty clear to me they were setting up usos hardy's couple weeks ago They're, the hardys got in a situation where they won a big match and they, they were kind of looking at each other and i thought to myself man that's an awesome match for wrestlemania so cool right and you don't need ricochet and alistair black on the show and truthfully as much as we love the bar and as much as we love shinsuke and rusev you could have put all of them in the andre the giant memorial battle royal and had that match be great and instead we just have this mishmash and now we have the hardys in the battle royal which is just like what the hell are you doing with these guys? Like, they don't have to always be in a major match at WrestleMania, but they're the Hardys. People pop. They just re-debuted to massive acclaim and won a Raw t- championship in a ladder match that was awesome at WrestleMania. How are they in the Battle Royal? So those are my issues with it. But you know what? Here's the truth. It's going to be a great match. Well, I don't think it has a right to be a great match. But it will to be. be. Honest with you. Like, and I know that sounds backwards. But why should this be a great match? Why should this be a long match? It should. Uh, there's no storyline. It just sucks. It sucks. It's throwing crap against the wall. I gotta. We gotta roll on. Yeah, up. we do. We got plenty more to go. And by the way, and it makes me violently ill. Yes, that's that's the truth. All that's right. the one you wanted. All right. Uh, we also have, which I neglected to mention. I think it's going to be a kickoff show match. The WWE Cruiserweight Championship between Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese and BC. I think I speak for both of us. We've been busy. We've been, had a lot of wrestling, a lot of podcasting, a lot of other non-WWE and wrestling work. I have not seen a single episode of 205 Live since this tournament was announced. Are you with me? Yeah, I haven't watched 205 Live in a hot second, a long-ass time. Now, I'm not but, saying it's not good. I just haven't had look, time. Look, I love Tony Nese, so I'm glad he's finally getting this opportunity. We know what this is going to be. It's going to be about 12 minutes, and it's going to be really damn good. And it's going to be – is it a kickoff show guaranteed? I think it is. And you know what I personally and my dog, Sasha B., think about Buddy Murphy. From the moment we saw him, we thought, sex. 
And Alexa Bliss thinks that as well. Thank you. <laughs> he needs to retain. I think it could be really fun. Look, Nice is great. Yeah. He's really underrated in terms of what he, he's almost like a poor man's buddy Murphy in a, into some case, case. Look, I hope they do something fun and special. There, there's a ceiling to what they can do, but let, let's do it. Let's have fun. It's great. I love it. There's nothing else to say. But there's no scenario in which Buddy Murphy should not retain the title. No, they'd be, they'd be dead yeah. wrong. I mean, I'm not – like, they really did a great job, great job, hyping Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali last year. There was a fantastic storyline, the heart of 205 Live versus the soul of 205 Live. You know, it depresses me a little bit that – I mean, look, we did get our full run with Cedric Alexander that you and I begged for, and it was great, all right? It kind of hurts me that he's not really involved in the title picture here. Uh, but this should be a really great match, and – I don't mean it this way. I don't mean to be mean. Give me 10 hot minutes and get me out of it. That's all you're going to get from it, by the way. But I mean, I wish that Buddy could drop the title in the opening match and then win the Battle Royal. That then, would be great. And then go backstage. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Talk to the host. Talk to the host. Talk to the host. Okay. Yes. Uh, roll, take, it, take it to the host. Rolling yeah. on, and, and it, it pains me deep inside to, to bring up this match next, BC. Because really, this should be like a top five match on the card. It really should be based on the history of this title. But we have a singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship between Bobby Lashley, the champion coming in, and Finn Balor, who will be the demon on this show. And look, I hold the IC title in extremely high regard. You know this. I hold Finn Balor in extremely high regard. And you know what? I kind of like Bobby Lashley, too. And they have, to WWE's credit, by giving him... Uh, what's this guy's name? Leo Rush. They've revitalized Bobby Lashley after the sisters incident, after some of the (laughs) really failed promos. It was bad for Bobby Lashley, and they fixed it, and good for them. Um, But you want to talk about bungling the storyline? It was clear they were going in this direction for WrestleMania, all right, when when they gave Bobby Lashley the title. Great job on doing that. There was no reason for Finn Balor to beat Leo Rush for it. There was no reason for Bobby Lashley to win it back. And now... You have Finn Balor going into this match as the Demon, which we all expected and we all wanted as a great WrestleMania night surprise. Maybe just once it hit darkness and that that entrance would really look awesome in the stadium. And instead, they just give it away to us on Raw in a terrible package in that third hour. And they have Finn Balor dressed up on the screen with fake white smoke all around him, sticking his tongue out. They took something for me in, in Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor that could have been one of the top matches on the show in terms oh, of stop in that. terms of my interest. Where then? What the hell's wrong with your interest? No, because I like both guys and I love the Intercontinental Title. And they've taken it and they just threw it under a shoe and they said, you know what, Balor's going to win the title as the Demon. When we talk Enjoy. about the greatest opening matches, and we talked about that earlier, and we're like, you know, Brian Triple H, Owen and Brett at ten, AJ Styles and uh, Shane at thirty three. Uh, don't forget last year, Seth Rollins, The Miz, and uh, who was the third? Finn Balor. Finn Balor, and it opened the show, and it and it tore the house down. And bitch, you know what I want. Bitch. And what I want is Prince David, and we're not going to get him. So what I want instead is leather jacket, too sweet and Come too on. cool for school, Finn Balor. And you know what this match has the potential to do? Ruin the demon character because it's not needed, and he stuck his tongue out like a loser, and it's just so lame. It was so pumpkin demon era, and ruining it was terrible. The, what the IC title matters because this is a feud that's going nowhere. It's overdone, overplayed. 
this is the definition but, of giving me seven hot minutes and get me out of here. Adam, this does nothing for me. I want nothing to do with it. I don't even want to be there when the demon happens. They wasted <laughs> it, I thought, at SummerSlam last year. You had everybody pop Oh, that was fun. We had, what no. was fun about it? It was lame, and it was a squash match, and it sucked. That's why he came out. He just crapped okay, all over Baron Corbin. Do you know what it's Baron great for? It's great for either only using for SummerSlam and Mania. Because remember, in NXT, they only used it for takeovers. It when was else great. have they used it? And it's great for using under the storyline of Teen Wolf where yes. I can't beat this guy regular and I can only beat him with the wolf. Yes. You know, and this is just stupid and lame. And they're making it, you're right, they're pumping it up more, wearing the, the headdress with it. It's going too far. And here's the, here's the thing why. If he was lame and that's all he had, then you'd go, wow, the demon makeup, it's amazing. He's so much deeper and cooler and better than that. Look, it, it wasn't hard. First of all, they started the Lashley Balor storyline too early. Okay, they, they, like I said, they didn't need these title changes. All they needed to happen was Balor to like get over him in a non-title match, Lashley to beat him with Rush's help, then Lashley to maybe beat him again clean, and then there's an open challenge or not an open know, challenge. Dude. There's a situation where he needs a contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Balor works his way back into it. And he's in his head. But you're already overthinking no, it. No, no, no. And he's in his head because he can't beat him. He knows he can't beat Lashley. But here's the deal. So he brings out the demon. It's what instead they had him. They they changed the intercontinental title by having Finn Balor beat a non-champion in a handicap match. What so sense you're does right, that make? But, but rehashing all they did wrong, the core is the problem. Bobby Lashley's not interesting enough for a WrestleMania IC title feud. It's the truth. I think as a big, it's the truth. As a big strong guy with an MMA background to take the title into Mania and put Balor over him for the first time, it was good Look, enough. Look, had they never done sisters? Had they brought him in, presenting him like they did in TNA, which was MMA fighter? That's how he was presented. And brought him in, and right away he rolled through people, and it led into a Lesnar or Strowman feud. I think we would be thinking a lot Who different. on Raw would you want in this match instead of him with Finn Balor? That's not otherwise occupied. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. We've seen it. We've seen Dolph Ziggler, Finn as Balor? I No, but as IC champion for months. I, I, if you want me to break down the roster, I can give you a I'm lot just more. Saying, I'm just Shinsuke saying. Shinsuke Nakamura. On Raw. Finn Balor. On Raw. On Raw. But dude, it doesn't matter anymore, okay? Yes, because it does matter. Becky Lynch and Charlotte spent more time on Raw than they do on SmackDown. Becky Lynch won matter. the Royal Rumble. Come dude, on. It's it doesn't different. matter. It's different. The whole point is Rusev or Nakamura or... SmackDown. These are dude, SmackDown Again, guys. it doesn't really matter. They could, they could have set that up. Again, I will stand by it. The match was the correct match. The build was horrible. It's as simple as that. Now you're, you're making me hate. Them. Maybe you're, you're putting Jacks Browner back in my brain right now. Okay, let's move on. Then we got some more matches here. Oh man, there's a bunch that are kind of in the same zone. But let's talk about Kurt Angle's farewell match against Baron Corbin. Look, it's as simple as this, man. Do you think? Do you think this match is going to go on? I really hope this is the Cena spot. And we said a, a couple ways Cena could show up on this card. I hope it is. Bring us back to ruthless aggression. I think that we haven't seen Kurt Angle do good stuff in the ring. He doesn't have it anymore. No, he, he doesn't. He's too old. So make it short and make it sweet. I wouldn't mind him squashing Baron Corbin, straight up squashing him, and then Cena coming out. But look, those are wish list things. That would sell itself. If this has to be what it is, make this as short as friggin' possible. Can Jason Jordan come out and help him win by pulling uh, Angle's leg? Even if Jordan is not clear to come back and may never wrestle again, can this be the... Look, we have not seen Jason Jordan at all. At all. In like a year plus. Uh, I think we saw a glimpse of him backstage. So how about he just comes running out and and trips Baron Corbin or something, and, and then 
Kurt reverses into an ankle lock and give him his moment of the crowd cheering, of him walking out. Look, it's not going to be Michael's flair. It never could be. But for what it is, save it by short and sweet and get the hell out of there. I already gave my rant about this match and this booking, and I believe the WWE booked it legitimately. God, like, Jax Browner might be right. Like, what is happening <laughs> right now? Like I, I believe WWE booked this match, and Vince McMahon booked this match thinking it was a good idea. And it's not for all the reasons that we've discussed before. But if you're going to do this match, and it is going to be Kurt Angle's, and they're calling it a farewell match, by the way, not a retirement match, which is interesting to me. Uh, but if they're going to go through with it, the old guy has to go out on his back, man. It's as simple as that. I know. Uh, no, not I know, against Baron Corbin, I know though. people don't want Baron Corbin going over, but I'm going to say two truths about Baron Corbin. One, he's a heat magnet, and he's really good but on the mic. he gets nothing from this. He gets a, he's a heat magnet, and, he, and he's really good on the mic. And you know what, man? He's damn good in the ring, too. And he's vastly underrated in WWE. Right. He is he underrated. He has to ditch the TGI Friday's vest. Yes. He has to redo the gimmick. But if you put him over damn Kurt Angle, and you want to put him in that intercontinental title feud with Finn Balor and rekindle that, or you want to do something else. I think you're going to... Give him the, the opportunity. I think Corbin does have a big upside. I think people... Uh, I think he's so good at making you hate him that you tend to underrate him. Yes. But I think long-term, he'll either he'll do his best work as either a bodyguard or a tag team partner. I think if you put him with an athletic person, somebody like a Chad Gable, I don't think that's a perfect mix, mix personality-wise, but somebody like a Chad Gable, I think you can build a badass tag team. I would love him in a tag team. That's a really good idea. So, Because you're right. There are some things he can really do when he's not bad in the ring and he's a big dude. And it look, he looks so much better now than when he had that long, creepy hair with the baldness on top. Yeah, so. that, was, that was not And great. he does have a weird belly button, so I'm glad he is wearing clothes. <laughs> All right, let's roll on. All right, uh, let's talk about Shane McMahon against The Miz. And we already discussed the ridiculousness of the, the last like week of this build with uh, The Miz winning a three-on-one false count anywhere match. Well, for as ridiculous as that was, how about that freaking promo? Can I just play you the best Go damn part of that? And Shane, you know what? You've got a dad. So I guess that makes you a son of a bitch. Oh, dude, tell me you didn't pop for that. I thought he flubbed it a little bit. No, get 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 the hell out it of Stanford, been considering, It should have been considering your dad. I guess that makes you a son you of a stop bitch. Stop it. Stop editing. Sorry. I'm just stop being trying to edit. Stop saying the, the steak has the wrong okay, sauce. Okay, all right, all right. It was good. It was a very good promo. But it is tough for me to buy Miz as a face when he wears that bandana. I'm all for it. He's it's launched, very difficult. Or Mrs., Ms., Ms., and Mrs. Have you been watching it? Have you I watched have it? Not. I Dude, have it's not. really you would enjoy I've it. I've caught two or three minutes at a time. I don't hate it. All right? You should watch it. It's fine. I'm I, I'm proud of him that they were able to pull off a reality show without going to like crazy extremes, right? Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, like it's, it's 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 staged. Obviously, the reality. None show, of it's but... none of it's real life, but it's believable. It's like yeah, I could see them get it. Like I believe their relationship. If that makes sense. Do you watch Crisley? No. Either do I, but that daughter's pretty hot, though. Okay, oh, ahead. God. Let's not even get into that. Um, so, uh, Dean know, Ambrose wants a piece of that pie. All <laughs> right. I'm sure he does. Uh, at, at the end of this week, um, you know, I did think that false count anywhere situation was strange. Even last week when, like, you have to remember last week, Shane sent, like, seven security guards and Sanity and, like, Shelton Benjamin and someone else, and Miz went through all of them as well. Guess what? Shane McMahon's winning this match. All right, here's the deal. We, we talked about this match in the past. They're not going to use Vince or Linda or whatever in no. this. If they did, it could be epic. They'll use George. If they did, they will. And, yeah. if they, and if they did, it could be epic. Because they won't, this is, a, this is an organic babyface pop moment. People are going to pop for him because his dad's going to get a shot in on, on Shane. And it's going to be awesome. Shane's going to take the fall because Shane does business. This is going to be one of our potentially many great babyface moments. Look, last Mania, we had a few of those, right? Last Mania, we had Daniel Bryan. 
We had Ronda Rousey. Am I missing any? In terms of that pure organic sort mm. of. I mean, I guess if you those could, two, you could have popped for the IC finish maybe, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, we have a potential to have a lot. This has to be one. George is going to play a big part in this. The Miz deserves this. Miz and Mrs. just started. Like, look, what Shane? You're right. You know, you make a, you've actually turned me around on the winner. Plus, Shane's a heel. He's not going to get this as a heel. If Shane was a face, he might get this. Yeah, you're turning me around on it. It's just that Mrs. looks so strong the last two weeks. It's like, how can they? How hard are they putting Miz over? It's just like are they are they going to have Daniel Bryan win and have Miz be a, the face contender at Money in the Bank? I mean, maybe. Remember, we were like, is John going to propose? Would, might he propose? Well, we Would knew he, he was going to propose. He's going to propose. Like it, it's just one of those things. Where yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it, George is going to get a shot. It makes sense for the reality show. It, it all now, works what together. If, now you're right. You're right. But is Vince crazy enough for business to come out and take a shot from George? No. No, Vince will not take a shot from George Mizanin. Uh, Mar- I wish Marjot had it's a one th- in this. <laughs> It'd be one thing if it was uh, Kevin Owens or if it was AJ Styles. By the way, uh, is Maurice the hottest woman in WWE history? Because sometimes I wonder that. No. Are we allowed to talk about women on the show, or is that not? not it's 2019. I think Can we, we should uh, skip things like that. All right. Like discussing the hottest woman in WWE history. That's well, just, that's just I'm, just, I'm just saying that, Mike, you've married a beautiful woman. I'll tell you that in person this right. week. Right? He, won, he, won the, he won the lottery. He did a great job. All right, a couple more matches here. Uh, let's talk AJ Styles, Randy Orton, because I think this, like I, I think I mentioned this before, it crept up. We got hints of it for a long time, AJ costing Orton certain moments, Orton costing AJ certain moments, and then all of a sudden this thing completely blew up, and I don't know if you have sound, BC, but I the do. last two weeks on the mic between these two have been absolutely Good incredible. Lord. I'm just I'm cutting you off. I'm jumping it, right in it. here. Just hit, hit play. I'm going to hit you with a DM slide first real quick from It's Grant at Got to BG. You know It's Grant, right? Yeah, absolutely. This guy's a this guy's a He's uh, a contender also. He's this this guy's in contention as much as a lot of these mania builds have been mismanaged and overbooked. Grant wants to know, Adam, is there any program giving us better content going into mania than AJ and Orton? They've been hitting home runs on the mic against each other. Hey, it's Grant. You nailed it. Listen to this, Adam. No, 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 no. That's not your legacy. You want to know what your legacy is? I'm going to tell you what your legacy is. Now that John Cena has gone off to Hollywood, you have assumed the role of corporate bitch. Good Lord, and AJ coming back with the wellness violation, uh, drug suspension. This is the feud that if they just rolled out the balls and said, hey, two legends, go make it happen. You would have popped. It would have been a fun. It would have been a blah build and it would have been probably a sneaky good match. Now we had a sneaky great build and the option of having, I'm not going to say legendary match, but do you remember AJ's debut mania match against Chris Jericho? Absolutely. I think that match will end up aging so damn well because of where both of their careers went after it. You go back and watch that. That's a great match. Yep. This match is going to be like that. And when we got that tease of AJ's phenomenal forearm turning into an RKO, brother, this is great business. It's got to be, gee, the Grant man is right. It's got to be good. It's got to be Kane. Uh, so here's the thing. How dare you make that reference? Keep going. <laughs> uh, WWE, you know, we give them crap for their booking and their storytelling, right? And they deserve it. And they deserve it. But SmackDown has succeeded on a couple fronts, one of them being the Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens match switch, all right, with Owens getting that fast lane match against Daniel Daniel Bryan. In telling complete stories in one or two episodes of television, 
They did it with the Kevin Owens-Daniel Bryan match. They just gave us an angle out of nowhere and built it in a single show. And now with AJ Styles and Randy Orton, they've given us a full, complete angle in two weeks. And the question is, if they're able to do that, when you have three, four, five, or six weeks, what's the problem, right? Or is it just that these two guys are so good and the angle is so natural? Is that all it is? All I know is I went from thinking, that'll be a cool match, to... My God, this is a match I really want to see. And AJ is building quietly. A, you know who has a sneaky, great WrestleMania leg- resume and legacy? Kurt Angle. Oh, Re- yeah. Revisit what the hell he so has does done. Randy Orton, by the way. Uh, when just talking to Angle for a second, when you're talking about Chris Benoit, you're talking about Eddie Guerrero, you're talking about uh, Shawn Michaels, Cena. I mean, seriously, he's got some great ones. Randy Orton's got some great ones. Now we're looking at AJ. Jericho match. Sleeper Giant. Shane McMahon match. Had no business being that good. One of the best openers in Mania history. Shinsuke match. Didn't live up to the potential by any means, but had a feel turn, had a feel spot moment, a heel turn at the end. And now we get this one, Adam. This is damn great. It really is. And I got to ask you a question kind of related to this, but not really. Sure. Uh, I think you saw how SmackDown opened this past week with these two guys, right? What do you mean? Kevin Owens. Oh, yes, yes. He doesn't have a match. No. Does he not have a match in the, in the same way that... Remember when uh, Samoa Joe got called up to Raw two years ago ahead of Mania? And he was... The, and he was tri- or maybe it was three years ago. Maybe he was Triple H's right-hand man. He yeah. was the, the, the muscle of the authority. And then he randomly did not have a Mania match, and it made no sense to him or us when we asked him. Did he get hurt, I thought? No. No, he didn't. Um, we know why Kevin Owens, who was probably going to fight for the uh, WWE Championships against Brian, doesn't have one now because it would have made no sense to do a triple threat with Kofi. Is that is that the only reason why he does? Can you do something with him? As much as I'm saying, don't make extra matches. Shouldn't he be in the damn Battle Royal? Shouldn't you do anything? Well, it's tough because do you really throw Kevin Owens when you brought him back that big into the Battle Royal, or do you just say, "Look, Kevin, we didn't expect Kofi to get over this strong. You got to respect it." And you know what? There's a lot of guys in WWE these days who like to complain on Twitter, in interviews, whatever the case. It's almost trendy to bitch about your lot in life in WWE when you may have gotten pushes for years, but all of a sudden they ain't using you in the moment and you're really bothered by it, right? Rusev complains all the time. Meanwhile, to be fair, yeah, he's never been WWE champion, but the guy's been featured in some major matches, including against John Cena at WrestleMania. He's been a multi-time champion tag team and, and intercontinental in U.S. and all this stuff, right? Pretty hot wife, too. Uh, yes. Who gets utilized, by the way, despite the fact that she can't wrestle. Uh, so Kevin Owens is different. He doesn't complain. He loves being in WWE. He signed a five. You keep saying that like 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 he's texting you. No, right? he said it publicly in interviews. He signed a five year contract like a year ago, and has apparently reportedly told people that when he's done wrestling, he wants to be an agent to WWE. This is what he likes to do. So, if you want to talk about someone actually understanding this situation, Kevin Owens is the kind of guy who understands the situation. Sammy doesn't have a match either, and I think he's medically cleared. He's medically cleared, but. They just kind of teased that he was returning, but they didn't like. And is it the right move that he'll be a superstar shakeup return? And although I mean, his name may come up again, is it the right move not to have Dean with a match? Because absolutely, if he if he is leaving, which it, you know, we questioned it for a long time. Now maybe they're just fully pulling the wool over our eyes, and he still stays. But now it does seem like it's like legitimate, like he's right. like he's not going to come back. Uh, so so I'm Dean Dean right thing not to have a match. Owens 
You don't throw him in that battle royal unless you're going to have him win, and it seems like I have another plan. I'm going to agree with both those. Even Zane, too. Save that reveal for something like that. Superstar right, shakeup. To, yeah. to close on AJ and Orton, it really doesn't matter who wins. It really doesn't. I'm, 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 I'm 50-50 where I will be okay either way completely. doesn't matter. Uh, AJ should win. Orton is not going anywhere in terms of his... In terms of his, like, he's not going to have a title run in the future, right? And he's he's even more part-time than, like, yeah. AJ is. And, and not that they're part-time, but, like, he really wrestles fewer dates. So he could lose and go away for five months, and it would be totally cool. I think AJ needs to win because, look, he got knocked down a peg losing to Daniel Bryan, and he needs to kind of regain some of that momentum. Right. And, by the way, you can put AJ on Raw. It might be time to do the AJ-Rollins switch if Rollins doesn't win the title. I, I would love to be there in the boardroom or wherever where you have NBC on line one, Fox on line two, and we have a real WWE draft right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who's making it, the picks? I mean, how, it, wouldn't it be great to try to figure that out? You know, where someone's like, all right, I need Lesnar. I don't care if he's only there once a month. I need him. Then this guy's, well, I got AJ. Okay, if you get AJ, I got to have Roman. I mean, like, I would love to see how that breaks down. Really funny. How they really value the brand. How, the, the, Look at these superstars as brands. By the way, I love Steph McMahon, but how she says super superstars is just so weird, isn't it? Ever, I, I don't. I've never noticed. Once that. you once you focus and you hear it once, you're like, "Whoa, that's weird." By the way, I'm gonna give since just since you mentioned her, I'm gonna give her credit for the opening of Raw. That was funny. That's that's funny. That's funny. It was good enough. Tongue in cheek. It was good. Enough. I don't think anybody bought it, but that's funny. No one bought it, but it, it was funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the only non-title match remaining: Roman Reigns. Sorry, there's two. I I you know. Went too far there. Uh, but one of two non-title matches remaining, Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. BC, I have said my piece on this show for multiple weeks. It is ends simply with this. Drew McIntyre needs to win this match. Tell me if you agree or no, disagree. You, you, you've had time to think about it. As, as I mentioned last week, you've, I've come around. You're right. And I think they've done it right to show him, meaning Roman, wounded now. He, he had the quite almost like a concussion a couple weeks back. Right. Comes back this week, gets destroyed and laid out. I think Drew's going to win this, and I'm really hoping this ties in, of course, to the Lesnar-Rollins match. I'm hoping Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre is our spinoff WWE Championship feud because Drew deserves it. He's a destroyer, and I think that's the best way you tell what eventually is going to lead to whether it's SmackDown, sorry, SummerSlam of this year or next year's main event, main event where it really deserves it to be, which is Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, once again, the blowing up of the mega powers. They've had a lot of great history. They can tell a Rock Austin lifetime story here. Let's do that. The best way to tell it now is that Roman is just banged up post-leukemia, and he keeps getting beat down, and Seth has to get his back. Will we see Dean Ambrose at all, though? Will he be in the corner of Roman in this match? Will he come running out to help Seth in the Lesnar match at all? Or are you saying no Dean Ambrose? Because if there is no Dean Ambrose, Adam, then it's not a work. He's not coming back, bro. Yeah, I mean, look, it could even they could even make a move with Dean in the superstar shakeup too. Like, honestly, anything could happen with Dean. We don't know. He could he could legit be leaving, and the day before his contract runs out, sign an extension. Like, we just don't know. Um, but the booking is to put McIntyre over, and yes, it's to say for Roman to in, have the internal search of, I just went through this big real life battle. Did I come back too soon? Yes. Continue mixing Joe and Roman, which has been very successful in this build. We're almost overlooking the fact Romans has been great. Romans. Roman has been great on the mic along with Drew. This match has been built fantastically in a very short period of time. And a lot of that credit goes to McIntyre, but Roman gets an equal footing. Are we missing something here? 
Uh, I forgot the guy's name. I wish I had it to give him credit, but he he twid, tweeted at me. I think you too. He tweeted. Yeah. He tweeted at me where he was like, and look, look, it's mania season. Everyone's trying to come up with the, hey, did you think about this? Everyone's trying to come up with the swerve that no one thought of to try to gain credit. It's a very Silver King-esque move, by the way. Throw out a couple, 15 possibilities and be like, I called that one. I did throw out not, one per did match. Did you not remember I called that I one? I give you one per match. Don't do that. Well, look, what if Roman loses destructively to uh, Drew McIntyre? Just yeah. destru- like almost like a squash, and he's questioning himself, but then he costs Seth the title Turns later. heel. And then, and then it's almost like got you back for thirty one, got you back yeah. for breaking up the shield, yeah, got you back for no that no, no, no. well that that's the problem is they finally have the goodwill of Roman as a face, so that what they really should be considering internally is how do we not f this up? You, yeah, that's it could never happen. You just nailed it. It could never happen. I you answered they, the question. They, now it would be very WWE to take him as a face. When he's finally over as a face for real life reasons and make him a heel, right? But I don't see that happening. And Rollins is such a great heel that when he eventually turns on him, it's going to be it's going to be great. All right, so Roman's got to lose this one against, he, but he has to, he has to lose for because because they have the face Roman in their hand, right? And yes, they will get the short term cheers for Roman overcoming tough odds, maybe even being quote unquote concussed in the match regaining himself, kicking out at 2.9, hitting the spear and beating Drew McIntyre. They will get cheers. They will get short-term positive reaction. But if the next step is him at Money in the Bank in a title match against Rollins, and he beats Rollins for the title, those boos are going to come right back. Because as much as everyone loves and supports Joe, they will hate Roman again. The only way that WWE can save themselves and not hurt themselves, as tempted as they might be to put him over, is to let Drew freaking win this match and let Roman go over at SummerSlam over Drew and then have him go against Rollins at WrestleMania next year. It's easy. It writes itself. I'm with you on that. All right, let's get into the final non-title match. Yes, correcting me. Career on the line for Triple H in a no-holds-barred match against Batista. The build has been insane. We have loved it. We have weird sound to prove it, of course. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Let me hear you say it. Everybody here wants to hear you say it. Give me what I want. It's like an adult movie. It's just, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just, it's weird, right? Have some balls. Show up. Well, he's going to show up, Trips, and it's probably going to be awesome. And just to reiterate one more time, this has no right to be this good. If you would have told us a year ago, and we had talked about it a year ago when Batista went public and was like, why is WWE not asking me to be back? I want a Mania match with Trips. And we're like, nah, bro, nah, Batista, we don't want it. He's reinvented himself. It's awesome. But here's the thing. When they added the retirement stip- stipulation. Totally unnecessary. Everybody's like, oh, I guess Trips is winning. Paul, it's always going to go over at Mania. Even though that's not true, by the way. You know who has the most losses in WrestleMania history? Paul Levesque. It's true. And by the way, I was wrong. I incorrectly, in that interview during that NXT show, mentioned to him that he main evented WrestleMania twice. It's actually seven Yeah, times. I think you I corrected in, that earlier, which is good for you. But and yeah. uh, and I, was, I, was, I was bad on that. But uh, here's the deal. We got an interesting... interesting. <laughs> Kentucky Long Rifle, it's a DM slide. Have you ever heard of this guy at the Jeremy D. Smith? He's a frequent really? DMer. Not you to tried me. to say you never heard not of this to guy he, Not okay. to me, man. He doesn't reach out to me. All right. He says, if not Dave, then who 
And what he means by this is this, Adam. Who would retire Triple H? He says, I know I'm working myself here, but is there any chance Trips loses Sunday? The mania feels like a changing of the guard, ending of an era kind of event in a lot of ways. It would make a lot of sense for Triple H to step back from in-ring at this mania. And when you think about all the people that would make sense to quote-unquote retire Triple H, they're all more washed than he is. He has effectively outlasted all of his contemporaries. BC going to add in quotations. Thank you, HGH. Back to this. That's why it's hard to picture anybody being an opponent more fitting than Batista to end Triple H until the until the control of the company bout with Shane, which I want, of course, at Obviously. Mania one day. Is he completely nuts, Jeremy Smith asks. I will add to this. This Fox thing's starting this fall, right? It's it's early October, is it the first? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at the Staples Center in L.A. where Fox is across the street there, basically, more or less, not really. What if Trips has the book for... What if WWE splits it in half and says, Raw is Vince's baby, it's always going to be Vince's baby. But us at Fox here, Trips, we really like what you're doing over there at NXT. We want you, Paul, on the books. You against Vince. You running Friday nights. You booking Friday nights. You running this territory like you do down there in South but Florida. that doesn't preclude him from wrestling. He would be a... Much- Mr. McMahon and Shane McMahon literally wrestled all the time. It's a fair counterpoint. I'm just trying to add on no, to what so- Jeremy D. Smith is, is asking. No, I mean, look, I think it's wrong to say that there's people who can't retire him. And there's plenty of people in WWE who can retire him. AJ Styles can retire him. Seth Rollins rekindling that. Roman Reigns rekindling that can retire him. Drew McIntyre could retire him. Who knows how we would get there, but it's possible. Finn Balor could. There's plenty of guys. Johnny Gargano. And any NXT guy who comes up if there's a built-in type of angle with you know, putting him out of his misery or, or a situation like that. The key is... We've seen Triple H. We saw him at WrestleMania. How about like, X-Pac in a battle for China's love? No. Too soon? Yes. Uh, we saw Triple H last year in WrestleMania. We've seen him in matches. He's still too good. He still moves too well. You talk about the the terrible match of Blood Money in the Sand. He didn't move too well there. Well, no well, he, one did. He hurt his boob. Yeah. Well, he, he was working with three other guys who were, you know, couldn't walk. You know, So he still, worked, <laughs> he still worked fine there. So I don't think retiring Triple H makes any sense. And I don't think Batista doing it makes any sense, really. So... All right, is there any chance Rick watched the ESPN 30 for 30 on his life when Trips was brutally honest about Rick's shortcomings as a man and father and wants to get back at him in storyline, so they fake this attack, and it's really Batista and Rick? That'd be great. That's good booking. they got to have Rick involved in some way. Please. It'd be cool. It'd be cool if Rick was at, at Do they ringside. not trust him to be involved? Right well, now? he should be at ringside. Maybe Batista swipes at him. But this, this he, you, did you see him in that Seven Eleven commercial? Or I'm sorry, the Cumberland Farms commercial. Not yet. No, he's washy in that. Yeah, he's 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 he's, he's, he's washed. He's washed. There's like five of him inside of Cumberland Farms. But, one of the Ric Flairs is grabbing a 99 cent pizza. The other one's got a Slurpee. The other one's got this, and he's just wooing. Okay, but you know what though? Ric Flair's deservingly and justifiably washed. The guy survived death three times. Okay, you can be washed at seventy. You can't be washed like you at forty. That's the problem. I did eat at Cumberland Farms on the way here. <laughs> it's true. I had. I did have the pizza slice. Uh, but look, we, when we're talking about this match, this build to me has been peaks and valleys. It was like a nine that first week with Flair, a ten the next week with Triple H. It kind of dropped down to four and five territory. And this week on Raw, man, it got brought back. I thought that was a great promo, great segment from Batista. I just wish, yes, this retirement stipulation when they were doing that back and forth, and Triple H is like, I want no holds barred, 
all they needed to do was come back with, well, if you want no holds barred, I want your career on the line. Then it's set. But him sending a letter and Triple H trying to simultaneously break the fourth wall and make jokes and explain the stipulation, it was fine promo because Triple H can talk all he wants and he gets unlimited time and it'll, it'll always work. It was sloppy, though. And I want this match to be good. I want Dave to look like a star, the star that he is, and I want Triple H to go over because you know what? Batista said in his begging to come back, that's what he wanted to do. And I hate to use the phrase, but it would be best for business. All right. All right. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's keep the All train right. moving. Triple main event, BC. And are, are, do you agree with me? Triple main event. Didn't you forget some matches here? No. Oh, you mean you mean the three potential main event matches? Here. Yes. The three main event matches on this show. And do you agree with me? I don't want popcorn matches. Give me these three in a row. You're saying I don't want any sides. I just want steak. I want three main courses. All right. One after the other. Give me the pasta. Give me the meat and give me the fish. You can hold the fish, but I hear what you're saying. Okay. Uh, Let's start with the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan defending against Kofi Kingston, the match that I wanted, the match that I needed. I know you came around. BC, I got to be honest. I am excited for the women's main event. This might be the match that I'm most excited for on the entire card. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be – I think it's going to have that mark – electricity because everybody in the crowd has bought in on Kofi mania. And I think the the contract signing the go home this week, great. Daniel Bryan was great. I think Kofi was adequate. I was almost expecting he got a little flustered. I think he missed the line. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's great though. Here's the thing because this has looked too much like the Daniel Bryan build from 2014. And because Vince McMahon, even when he got into the limo that night, two smackdowns ago, we're like, is there something that was there something extra there? Yeah. I don't think Kofi's going to end up with like two play-in matches or play-in match or anything like that. I don't think it's going to be 30 all over again. I don't think he's going to win, though. I think that this storyline of him getting screwed is going to go one more night because everybody's expecting Kofi to climb the mountaintop. So it's going to go one more or two more on SmackDown or wherever. It's going to go just a little bit more where Sunday night you're going to be like, oh, man, they really like he just 11 years the, the 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 possible racism storylines, all that stuff, and he still Racial. can't get over. Racial. And then guess what? On Monday or Tuesday, it'll happen in look the the the, the Raw and SmackDown after Mania are set up to be big. Last year you and I were there in New Orleans. It wasn't big. It wasn't. There yeah. was a couple of moments it wasn't big. It wasn't big. They do big stuff. There's so much big stuff on this Mania card. Potential giant babyface moments that Kofi doesn't even have to win and we still can have a few of those giant moments. I mean, the women's main event alone, Adam, in theory could carry this whole card. It really could. It's that amazing the build to it. We're that excited about it. If he wins and they do it, then we're all going to mark out and it's going to be great. And I have no question that this match will be will be fun. And it'll be really, really good. It won't be great, but it will be really, really good. But I actually think the best way is for Kofi to have Vince screw him one more time. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't think it'll be any form of New Day members turning on him, but I think you screw him one more time, and then you have a wild sequence on Monday where he comes running back out, and the New Day threaten to quit, or something happens, and somehow he ends up in a title match, or maybe it's Tuesday night, and then he wins it, and the crowd goes insane, and everybody goes home happy, and the confetti's coming down from the ceiling, and everybody comes out from the locker room, and it's a great moment. So I have two minds of it. One has me thinking that 
I want the moment so bad I'm trying to will it into reality. Because I want to follow through on what I promised you months ago when this looked like a a rare, small, thin possibility. And you're a super fan, by the way. And I'm a super fan. Like, of I'm Kofi a Zack Ryder super fan. Woo woo. I love you're Kofi a Kofi Kingston. Kingston super fan. I love Kofi Kingston. And I want the non existent roof to blow off MetLife Stadium, as I've said for. I've given that take to Edge on the Shoemaker Pop. It was great. I, I know you did. I heard it. Great. It. I heard it. Um, so I want that to happen very badly. But if you're looking at the three main events and you're asking me which babyface is least likely to go over. Yeah, it's Kofi. And if you're asking me, will all three baby faces go over? I don't think they will because that's too much, right? And will all three titles change hands? And I don't think they will because that's too much. But then I look back at last year and I think, well, what did we get from the WWE title match? We thought we were getting the coronation of Shinsuke Nakamura. That's what we thought we were getting. And instead, it was a, you know, 3.75 match, four-star match. AJ Styles retained. And surprisingly, Shinsuke Nakamura turned heel. And then you know what happened? They ran that angle for like three months and never paid it off with Nakamura getting a win over AJ Styles. So I can't imagine they go that direction again. So when I made my predictions for CBSSports.com, which will be out on Thursday, I predicted the baby faces to win these matches. Primarily because I don't know which one is going to lose, even though I think one of them will lose. But the case for Kofi Kingston, winning is easy, man. It would be so awesome. That's all that needs to be said. Yeah, he could win Tuesday night at Barclay Center. You know what else could happen? He could lose this. He could win Money in the Bank, which is the next major pay-per-view. Next, actual any pay-per-view, not counting maybe a Saudi Arabia one. He could win Money in the Bank. And then the fo- that night on that show, or the following Tuesday, cash it in on Daniel Bryan and get an awesome mountaintop moment on his own. Absolutely. But there's no better moment than WrestleMania. I'm just saying, don't leave Monday. The fans are so amped. They, I think, Kofi's getting a better reaction than Becky. Well, they've watered her down, but but pre-watered down. No, Becky was getting not pre-watered down, but Tuesday night. Yeah, I I don't know. I just saying they were going. Look, whether it's Sunday or whether it's Tuesday, don't leave this. Don't leave New. Brooklyn, don't leave this weekend, Greater New York, without doing it because you don't. Then, want if you're going to do it, you got to do it Sunday. Though. And you don't. And here's the thing: don't do it because of the bad history with having African American champions on top. But at the same time, don't have that lingering anymore. This is a great organic storyline that came out of nowhere. The fans made this happen. Give the fans what they want, whether it's Sunday night or not. Whether I'm being too hipster and predicting Tuesday night because of a history of troll booking or not, just make it happen, yeah. Vince. And look. Daniel Bryan can win it back in the next month. That's fine. Look, if they if they think that if they're going to put Drew McIntyre over and they want to put this WWE match earlier in the show or put Rollins earlier in the show and have McIntyre in between so you get a heel moment, then maybe they can go with faces winning all three of these matches. This has to be the mid-card main event. This has to be. You know what? It has more juice to me than Rollins-Lesnar. Rollins-Lesnar will, in some weird way, be the popcorn match before the main event. And this will be the mid card main event. You gotta go. You gotta do it. Nothing else, unless you're going. Unless unless Triple H is going to get that moment, and he might. Nothing else. McIntyre reigns. That's not a mid card main event. That's a that's a forty percent there. You do you do McIntyre reigns, and you do something that doesn't matter, and then you do the mid card main event. I think I would probably book it with McIntyre and Reigns between the WWE Championship and Women's Triple Threat. So Seth earlier? No, Seth, dude. Ro- Lesnar's not going on 
I'll tell you right now. Lesnar's I was the, booking it. Lesnar's in the final three. Here. If, if, I'm sure he is. I'm just saying if I was booking I'm it. I'm sure it's in his damn contract. I'm though. sure it is. Okay. Yeah, right. That he, can't, he cannot be at rest on TV. Until unlike, it goes dark. <laughs> unlike Raw, where he's not allowed to be on after 9 p.m. Yes, yes. He's not allowed to be on a WrestleMania or pay-per-view before 10 o'clock. By the way, like, it's still Vince's fault that they don't do more with him. Even with the limited amount of dates, when he's there... Do more with him. This what the is, hell's wrong with this you? This is what we've said. Let him speak. Let him even not speak. Let him emote more. There was no reason that Rollins didn't have a match at the end of that show, a throwaway warm-up match, and Lesnar come out and F5 him after getting kicked in the balls twice. when he, that episode he sat backstage and read Weird Magazine? Yeah, that was great. That was great. Again, he doesn't actually have to talk to be awesome. No, that was actually great. Okay, <sighs> but speaking of, right, we have this match laid out. Let's go on to the Universal Championship BC they have been building up Seth Rollins ever since the departure of Roman Reigns for leukemia. Glad he is back. Is this the moment? Does Rollins go over Lesnar clean? Dude, he gave him a stomp and two low blows on Monday night. People say, hey, once that happens, you know it's going to be the opposite on the pay-per-view. Do you buy into that? So that tricked me up, of course, you know, because I've been trying to go wire to wire. That's say, why they did it. And say, look. It's got to be Rollins because it's time to get out of this Lesnar era. I don't, I'm not saying I need less Brock Lesnar. I'm actually one of the people saying I need more Brock Lesnar. I think Brock Lesnar's great. I think Brock Lesnar with the title is great. But right now, Rollins has been too hot not to give him this run. And if and Drew McIntyre deserves a feud with a babyface so badly for the title, it's time. Let Rollins win the title. Let him feud against McIntyre and let that lead to a Rollins-Reigns blow-up. I know that because I'm stuck in the idea of wanting Reigns-Rollins long-term so bad that it's going to cloud how I pick all of these matches. I get that. Is there a way, of course, that, well, Vince always goes with Brock because that's business. And wouldn't Vince want Brock entering the octagon potentially later this year against Cormier with the championship belt? Well, probably. And Dana White did tell me that time that he would have no problem with it. But look, stop holding up. Your, your number one brand. I think with Fox coming, it's time for them to raise their ratings. It's time for them to get serious right now. And right now, getting serious means putting that title on Seth Rollins, who deserves it, and finding out how great Seth Rollins can be. Remember that season? It was called 2015 Heel Seth Rollins when he surprisingly carried the damn company? It's time. And he carried the damn company, and it was compelling. And this build has, has been so vanilla and so average and nothing to speak of, and it's almost been a waste for the star power. And I think really... If Roman didn't have a match, they could have used Roman in this build a well, lot. Well, we discussed the idea of having him run out to, you know, save Rollins and help him. Or and blah, turn blah, blah. out. I mean, look, a lot of ways you can go. In the end, I feel like this match is going to be kind of a weird throwaway. It's going to be one of those car wreck matches. Braun's going to dominate most of it, but something's going to happen. Brock, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be interference. I don't know if Brock's going to make a mistake. I don't know if Dean, for his final act, is going to come out and help his friend. Something's going to happen. Seth is going to rally. He's going to get the finish. But I don't think this goes longer than like 13 minutes. I mean, I think no. this will be almost a, a quasi sort of popcorn in between match. And by not giving the pop to Kofi on Sunday night, you can give Seth a fun pop here. There's a couple things. The biggest issue on Raw for the last two years has not been pushing Roman Reigns. The biggest issue has been the title not being on the show. It's as you said, and I don't mean to repeat you. It's not that we don't like Brock Lesnar, although I did give him a lot of crap probably six, nine months ago. I don't remember when it was. It's that we don't like Brock Lesnar as champion. He hurts the company, and every single performer on the show is one step down on the rung because of that. The way you rectify that is by giving Seth Rollins his mountaintop moment and allowing him to, again, I hate to use WWE parlance, slay the beast, right? It, it makes too much sense 
on top of all of this, you got to figure out a situation where you pay off a storyline for once and don't give us the same swerve that you gave us last year. Last year, the expectation was Reigns finally beats Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's what Meltzer told us for 12 months, right? And it didn't happen. And and I do believe, yes, I do fully believe that Vince McMahon changed his mind and decided to do a swerve at the last minute because guess what we found out? They signed Lesnar for another six months. Vince deserves they, more credit for that swerve last year. People are insane. Ah, that match sucked. Okay. No, so, no. So, he, hard way on Roman. Hard way, brother. Oh, come on. The thing sucked. Uh, so I don't want to go back to that well and do the exact same thing. Everyone expects Rollins to win. What, what have I said on this podcast the last six months? The ex, when, when they deliver on expectations, that's when wrestling's at its best. You want Hogan to come back and beat Savage. When you, they NJPW it is really what you're saying. When they give you a pay-per-view and then deliver more than you thought you were going to get coming in. Yes, and they've built up this storyline to, to give them credit so well. You have Brock barely beating Daniel Bryan. You have him barely beating Finn Balor. That sets up for Seth Rollins to finally be the guy that takes him out. Give Lesnar a break. Bring him back at SummerSlam. It's totally fine. But give Seth Rollins the w, the Universal Championship. Let him roll with it. The guy told you face-to-face in an interview, we're going to air Thursday Nothing on this, face-to-face. On this face-to-face. podcast. Yeah, it actually wasn't. It was phone-to-phone. But he told you in an interview that we are airing Thursday. Yeah, he really felt like he deserved to be the main event of WrestleMania this year. No disrespect to the women. Well, you know what he really deserves for a calendar year of kick-ass work for a part uh, for a one or two month span being the best wrestler in the oh, world. Oh, here we go. Uh, he deserves the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Being the best wrestler in WWE. Yes, here's the thing, it's going to tell you what Vince really thinks about Seth's value. Just like the women main eventing this year. You know what it showed you? It showed you Vince really believes in the value of this storyline and the star power of this trio. I got a story out with Triple H. You heard that interview on Tuesday. It's, it's talking to him about that, that decision, that there's financial elements to that decision. It's not just feel good. It's not just PR. It's not all that. Same thing with Seth here. By the way, they had a chance to make Braun Strowman the man last year. When, when, when uh, Roman went down, they had a chance to roll the dice, say, okay, we got to try it. We got to find out if Braun Strowman can carry Raw and carry our company. Vince panicked and gave the money to Lesnar. Well, they literally, they literally took him out. They, you want to talk about shooting behind the head, shot behind the head? They had Baron Corbin hit him with a title behind the head. And take him out. Now we're going to find out whether Vince believes in Seth as much as he believes in Roman. I mean, it's, it's time. It's time to find that out. Seth. Look, you, would, you would think a guy that carried the company for a year, they would already know that answer. There's only a few things in life that are certain. Death, taxes, and Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns every single time. Seth, it's time to beat Brock Lesnar this time. All right? Thank you. Thank you. Got to roll on. Got to keep it moving. BC, here. I got a couple words for you. Yeah. This is the main event. Wow. Uh, let, let's let's just start out by this. We've talked about it a lot. Well, let me lay it out for let's, you. Let's give us a moment. Go ahead. Give me give me the specifics. Winner, take all. Ronda Rousey, the Raw Women's Champion, originally just defending her title, but now also having opportunity to win a title as she goes against SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and 2019 Royal Rumble winner, the Man Becky Lynch. I don't know the last time, and I told you I'm really excited about Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. I don't know the last time I've been this truly excited about specifically a WrestleMania main event. And here's the reason. What, did we, what have we talked about all year on this show? 
Silver King loves Ronda Rousey, right? Silver King loves Becky Lynch. You know who else Silver King loves? Charlotte Flair. You have three of my like top six wrestlers in this company in one match. I don't know that I could be more excited for a single match on a single card than this one with this build at WrestleMania. Oh, by the way, in New York. It's a great point about main events and being excited. I was really damn excited, by the way, for Lesnar Reigns at 31. Just the idea of seeing what that would look like. I was, I mean, we'll look, this almost has the Roxena main event. I was going to bring levels, that up. Yep. Where it's like, I just got to see this. I got to see what it is. I just wanted to take a moment, and, and we've done this already, and I got a feature out on CBS Sports this week about how this women's match came together and all that. But, like, to stop and applaud one more time for the women that got this far, that five years ago at WrestleMania 30 when Alexa and Charlotte and Sasha were part of Triple H's eyes wide shut entrance wearing masks and no one ever heard of them before. Look at where women's wrestling is today. A lot happened to get to this point and to get to this specific point, meaning the main event, Rousey does deserve a lot of credit for that, for being a natural, for being so great in her debut at last year's Mania and for being such a crossover star that they're like, if we're going to do it, Rousey might be the woman to do it with. And And improving consistently over 12 months. And then it became, if we're going to do it in a singles match, not Flair, but... Becky might be the one to do it with because the man is so friggin' over and fired up and making us fired up and just, oh, my God. I am the man. And then it became Adam. Charlotte was not going to let these two outshine her, and that's a real-life thing, and you heard it in that interview that we did with her last week. It's a real-life thing that happened. She stopped caring about what people thought. She stopped trying to water herself down. She knows that that her character is great. She knows that physically she's great inside the ring. She stepped up her game to a level that Vince and Paul had to make this a triple threat match. And by the way, is that how much of that per, what percentage of that decision? And I talked to Paul about it. Is is Vince's? What percentage of that division does he own? And I don't mean like look, Vince is the, the stamp at the end of the line, right? So you could say, well, it's one hundred percent Vince's. But in reality, when Vince sits down with his right hand people, and I I have to assume Paul's one of them, right? Steph, I have to assume, I don't even, I don't think Pat Patterson's around anymore, but, you know, uh, Bruce, Bruce is back. Apparently. Road Dog, when he's got that core people, I don't know if Kevin Dunn's in on that or if he's just more production, but when he's He's got. He's trying to figure out ways to give us seizures. Good Lord. When he's got those people around, is it 100% Vince? Is Paul kicking in and saying, no, we got to do this three of them? I mean, how how does that decision get made? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I, um. I don't know. I think ultimately Vince is the final decision maker, and, and he does, especially when it comes to the WrestleMania main event, listen to a lot of people. But look, I mean, we know that last year Roman Brock was penciled in. There was a 12-month build. It was clear the entire year the way that story was told. Now, they didn't, he did change his mind at the end, and we got a different result, and that could happen here, right? But it was clear that's where they were going. I believe wholeheartedly that as soon as WrestleMania 34 ended, Vince, with his pencil in his notebook, wrote, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. And ultimately, as this year unfolded, it was very clear that Becky Lynch needed to be in this match. And I do believe there was a period of time where they said, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch. But ultimately, and you and I had this discussion, we're not going to rehash it, but we went back and forth between, should it be just Becky, or should it be Becky and Charlotte? And coming out of that Survivor Series match, between Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, and coming out of that evolution match between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, it was evident that Charlotte Flair deserved to be in this match and probably needed to be in this match for it to be the best possible match 
it can be. Yes, one-on-one is cleaner, always. But what you have in this match is Ronda Rousey, who has put together arguably the greatest first 12 months of a superstar in WWE I was history. bring that up. We, we talked about 2016 AJ Styles. People have talked about the first year of Kurt Angle with the company. God, this is hard. This is right there. Re- featured WrestleMania match where she blew, had a 4.5 star match and blew everyone's. She door. had the match of WrestleMania yeah, in her debut. In her debut, and then main eventing in year two. And yes. And main eventing the first women's paper. And correct? yes. Did she main event it? Or yes, she Bella? did with Nikki Bella. Yes. And yes, there were struggles in between, primarily on the mic. But BC, the last like four weeks, when they turned her heel, those mic struggles disappeared. It's quick promos backstage. Talking crap. Wrestle at SummerSlam off the top of your head. Do you remember? Because it was Oof. it was Charlotte. It was Becky turning heel on Charlotte at SummerSlam with the dirty bedsheets. But I don't even know off the top of my head who. It would have been someone on Raw. That's interesting. It wasn't Natalia. Sa- Sasha Banks. Yes. In a great match. Yes. Or was that no? That was Royal no. Rumble. That was yeah. Sorry. Oh man. Uh, the internet here at the we're struggling here. Bad. Hey, by the way, good thing we're not doing this uh, over Skype because the internet here at the Stanford office is just it's just bad. It would be it would be very. We, very we lost Bruce that time. We lost we lost. Uh, we don't even want to get into that Bruce situation. I was here in Stanford and we lost. Oh, Bruce. is that when that was? That, it was so here, this the internet's so horrific. it actually so it actually was Stanford's fault, not necessarily. Um, Titan Towers, fault. not necessarily Titan Towers. Fault, well, he wasn't was in Titan Towers at that time. Uh, Ronda Rousey beat Alexa Bliss. Obviously, we were stalling. Uh, at SummerSlam to win the Raw Women's Championship. That's when she got the title, and that's why we forgot. But she has put together an incredible first year. Um, And like I said, there were the the screw-ups on the mic, and we we detailed them. But she really did bounce back with the heel turn. Quick promos, sharp and to the point, badass. It's worked. Her presentation going to the ring now is so much better. Then you have Becky Lynch, who, yeah, they were building this storyline for her to turn heel on Charlotte. But, man, as soon as that happened and the fans got behind her, we have to give credit where it is deserved to WWE for getting behind Becky Lynch and allowing her the moments that catapulted her to become the man. Primarily that incident on Raw where even if she never bled and even if it was just taking out Rousey backstage and having Rousey scream and Lynch dropping, this is what happens when the man comes around, right? And screaming at her and leading that revolution or invasion is a better word of that raw ring with the smackdown ladies that was such a huge moment and then you have charlotte flair who has been great almost her entire career but there's she stole the show in that match against becky lynch the tlc match is that what it was that they had the extreme match whatever it was stole that match has stolen many of the matches she's been in as of late and looks to be at the top of her game BC, these three women both deserve and have earned this moment. And kudos to WWE for putting in the name. And this match, I think, is going to be a lot. uh, Look, the Charlotte uh, Becky matches this past fall, which you referenced. By the way, you can tell this has been a long show because we're both like extremely tired. I was just looking at my mentions on Twitter. I got two separate tweets of people saying Tripp's main event is seven times. I know that I screwed (laughs) it up. All right. He's second behind Hogan, who had eight main events, Uh, especially if you count that one at WrestleMania. It's in the story we published today, and it's correct, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, look, the matches that Charlotte and Becky had this past fall and Charlotte showed up on our match of the year battle a lot. Uh, I think it took the brutality of what a women's match can be involving tables and announced tables and stuff to another level. This match is going to take it to, I think, to absurdities. 
you saw Ronda get the knee on the go home show. Can we talk about that real quick? We that, should talk about the whole go home, the whole go home segment. I mean, look, you got a chance to pick that apart if you want to. No, let's let's talk about it. I saw no problems, honestly. There's certainly logical and police issues after the and fact. All that. Yes, after the fact, I agree. But it's look; these are one of those situations. It's so damn intense, so damn wild, so damn fun that you have to choose love. You have to, you as have a, to. and you have to say, look, this is wrestling at the end of the day. Yes, they would have all been arrested for felonies and they would not be competing here. They showed you the intensity. And they, I don't think they needed to. That's the thing. You can question the storyline. This match sold itself because there's two titles at stake. There's the three best women in the world. It's historic. You almost didn't need the juvenile nature of them beating down cops to beat down each other. But yet what they created was an all-time great They moment. had to have that culminating moment because the, the storyline coming in was, and I'll say it like the seventh time today, so convoluted and so overbooked. They tried to do so much with Becky's knee and the suspensions and all this crap. They needed something to bring it all together. And they gave us the uh, Tyson and Austin, Tyson and yeah, Austin. We had a moment. They there. gave us the moment. And yes, you're right. They destroyed police property and assaulted police officers. You're going to jail, and you're certainly not getting out that night. Your bonds are going to be extensive. Uh, I mean, look, and you're going to get we fired. Can, we can go on down the line, but the point is. They activated our field spot and hit the siren. So yes. you saw the, sniff, the stiffness that Ronda's been willing to go to, the level of physicality that she's been willing to go. I mean, that knee of Charlotte running by when her head was sticking out the police window was so damn stiff. I think it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's not an all-time great moment, but it's like 2019's moment of the year in some ways already. It's a great-ass moment. You look at how she by was By the way, she could have concussed her. Like, you look at how she was willing to take those kendo shots full, full to the head. Yeah, yeah. She bled at that pay-per-view fastly, and I think... And you look at the fact that I think this match is going to be off the chart stiff. And that's what's going to make it. And that's something I talked to, to Charlotte about last week. You heard it. How do you not just make this where justifiable as a WWE WrestleMania main event, but like you got the pressure on your shoulders of, of making women's wrestling feel like it matters and lives up to this level. You've got to make this an all-time great match. It can't be a four-star match. It's got to be Six. insanely great. Yeah. These are the right three to do it, and I think physicality and intensity. So that's why that segment on Monday actually was the right move. Yes. And by the way, I love the subtleness of Tuesday when Becky came out, stood on the announce table. I played that sound earlier about her talking about the, her own revolution. They repaired it. Yeah, there's holes in it, but they basically said, look, it's Swiss cheese. The holes are going to stay there, but we're going to take this cheese and we're going to stick it into a bottle and pour that bottle of Marknesia <laughs> all over you and suffocate you with it, and you're going to love it. This match is going to be physical. It's going to rule. There's going to be big spots and moments. I think the sweet spot here is about 25 minutes, and it's going to be awesome, and I think Becky Lynch has to win, and that's why I'm okay if Kofi doesn't have his moment on Sunday, even if Seth doesn't have his moment on Sunday. Maybe their idea is only to really have one moment on Sunday. And if somebody's going to have a moment, it's got to be Becky. Don't try to make a case that it could be Charlotte. It cannot be Ronda. It has to be Becky. Well, it has to be Becky. And it has to be Becky over Ronda. Because honestly, if it's not, you're doing the fans and the storyline a disservice. We've well, you could be waiting on that for SummerSlam. We've what if I tell you that SummerSlam? We've already seen Becky beat Charlotte. But what if I tell you Twice. right now, what if I told you that Ronda's going to go away, we're only going to see her one more time before SummerSlam, and she's going to wrestle Becky at SummerSlam in the damn main event, Adam. And, and, and you're going to have Becky retain a title over Ronda? I don't know. 
Depends on if no, that slop. It, it's just unnecessary. Depends on Ronda's womb. She has been undefeated for a year. Depends on if Browsy Acres has has uh, She's activity. Been, no, listen to me. She's been undefeated for a year, and you have the opportunity not to create a star because she is a star, to crown a star. You have the you have the opportunity to go Austin over Michaels, and you have to do it. And you have to let him, let her go It's the same over. thing if she beats Charlotte, though. It's still... No, it's st- not. No, it's not, Brian. Okay. It's not as impactful. You're going to look back in history, though, and think it's impactful because those are going to be the two names it's of It's going to be a cool moment, and you're going to be happy that she won the match. But when you look at the storyline and the entire storyline, Charlotte deserves to be in it. She's a crucial part of it. But the entire storyline is built around Lynch, Rousey. And you have to have Lynch go over Rousey. It can be a scenario where Lynch hits... Uh, the Bexploder and Charlotte hits the natural selection and Becky throws her out of the ring and locks Rousey into disarmor and Rousey doesn't tap but passes out and Lynch wins. You can have all that. You can give it a slightly screwy finish where she doesn't pin her or she does pin right, her but okay, doesn't on, submit her. On, you're, you're going down an unnecessary rabbit hole. You can create scenarios and we can do that in a second. But what you're saying is Becky has to go over Ronda yes. to create a, a, one of those historical yes. Austin over Rock moments. Yes. But here's the deal, Adam. I said, to me, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are this era's potentially Rock and Austin. So they need to start having more Mania matches against each other, like 31 when Seth cashed in. Historically, Adam, I got news for you. Rock and Austin of this era for the women is Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch as things stand right now. It is. You know who Ronda Rousey is? She's Brock Lesnar. She's Brock Lesnar of this women's era. Not of this storyline. She's going to be in and out historically as things go, and she's going to have her big moments, but those two, as things stand now, unless they start to give Sasha the kind of booking she deserves, that's your rock in Austin. Yeah, so, Brian, so if you believe that, then if you believe that, you don't need Becky going over Charlotte a third time in a year. What you need her to do... remembers the other two. What you need her to do is beat Ronda and leave Charlotte saying, hey, you won my title without pinning me. But to a certain degree... Those other ones that you say, you know, third time in a year, they don't matter because what's more important than than the winner loss at SummerSlam this past year with the dirty damn bed sheets in Brooklyn was the fact that Becky turned. That's all we remember from that match, okay? And when we look back, we're not going to go, yeah, but Becky beat her three times in a row leading up. We're going to go, remember that time at Mania when they made history and Becky beat Charlotte? Or when Becky beat undefeated Raw Women's Champion Ronda and it Rousey. Was their first of three Mania matches against you each other. You don't know what Ronda Rousey. You don't know her her future. You know you're going to get more opportunities for Becky to beat Charlotte and for Charlotte to beat Becky. You don't know what's going right, to happen with Ronda Rousey. Is there a better chance that Ronda Rousey, before she retires for good, wrestles a total of four more full years? Okay. Over a fifteen year span. Over fifteen years. How old is she? Thirty. Four? All right, let me take that back. Yeah. Over the next 10 years, is okay. it more likely that Ronda wrestles three full years? Oh, now we're down to three. Okay. Or wrestles eight out of 10. It's more likely that she's Brock Lesnar of this era. So it's Which not... one's that? Are you saying three? Yeah, it's more likely that we... That we that she does... I'm telling you, it's more likely that we don't see her... As a full time, like Becky's going to be here, barring injury for and a long time. And that's what I'm saying. Time. You have opportunities for Becky and Charlotte to beat each other. You had opportunities for Rock and Austin to beat each other, and they did. They beat each I guess other. My point is, this, Brian, the storyline of 2019 and 2018 is Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. It's fine for Charlotte to be in this match, 
But you have to pay off that storyline. So I disagree to, to a certain degree. I think the storyline is that Becky got as hot ass as she could and became a female Austin. It happened to be that she beat up Rousey to get there. She doesn't get there without but Rousey. to a certain degree, it started when she turned on Charlotte at SummerSlam. Oh, no. It and it continued with those two match of the years in which her and Charlotte were together for. And the moment with Rousey was just as big because Nia Jax knocked her out than anything else. So what I'm saying is I don't tie it in my head. Because this is a triple threat, it's not going to be historically that the story of this is Becky versus Ronda. If it was, they'd be having a singles match if right now. If they have a scenario where they have a Becky versus Ronda head-to-head planned and they pay it off inside of the year 2019 at SummerSlam or something like that, then I would be okay with it. But I'm going into this match thinking that's not going to happen. Believing what Meltzer reported, to, to his credit, and saying, yeah, I do believe that Ronda's going to lose this match, whether she takes the fall or not, and steps away and tries to have a family, and then and this is my part where Silver King comes in, fulfills the remainder of her three-year deal with WWE once the kid's born and is a year old or whatever. I love how you uh, non-father Silver King always calling him the kid. Yeah, the kid. No, I don't know what it's going to be. Daughter, it's a child. Son. It's a child, Silver so, so King. Okay. Right? <laughs> okay, fine. The kid is like is like the broad. The baby, the child. Where? Oh, there's there's my friend. Where's his broad? You know, come on. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, regardless of that, it's it's – it, they do Becky Lynch and her character. And by the way, don't, her, don't ever speak for her ovaries again. Keep going. They, they do Becky Lynch and her character and her build and her future a disservice by not putting her over Rousey. They have to do it. It's the way to go. And and you want you said Silver King, don't make a case for Charlotte Flair. If you want to talk about Swerves and Vince McMahon, you can really make a case for Charlotte Flair to win this match. I just am so powers of positivity going into it. I don't want to actually consider that right, being Here's what's going to happen. If Rousey loses if she takes the fall to becky they don't think that we're going to see her for like another year that's what i'm saying right and if she and then when she comes back she beats her but if she does take the fall then we could see her in the next pay-per-view and then a month off we could see her at SummerSlam, and then it's going to be interesting but what we don't want i guess my argument we don't want them to put rousey we don't want them to pull a lesnar with rousey we don't want to put get get rousey so strong that it screws the rest of the women's divisions that's what happened with lesnar my argument was more that it it's not as big of a difference who it happens to. That I either, think it is. Either or, the win is the win. This is history. This is the moment. Send me home happy with Becky. This is what we want. Uh, you can have a great moment or an all-time moment. Which one do you pick? Uh, it's, the same, it's the same thing. No, it's not. It is. No one Handing Ronda Rousey. Who she defeats Handing not, Ronda Rousey your first okay, loss Adam, in the main event of WrestleMania is different than beating Charlotte Flair. Who she defeats for this, and by the way, it's not like it's just a fatal four-way and the fourth member is like Alicia Fox, okay? Whoever she beats in this, nobody in that crowd is going to go, oh, man, big moment for Becky and all, but what the hell? How did she not beat Rousey? Are you kidding me? And now, But then, I'm done with this topic to a certain degree. You do, can debate. Do you think because, this can be – do you think that this can has the potential, based on the talent in the ring and the storyline, to be the greatest or one of the greatest WrestleMania events of all time? Potential. Well, events is a different discussion. Um, uh, no, I, no, no, main events. Oh, main, main event events. Matches. Um, yeah, yeah, it has that potential. Okay. So if it I has that it has potential, potential be a great one of the best moments of all time. I don't think it will be bigger than Brian at thirty. And I want to ask you real quick: Do you think fans that are going to be in that arena want more for Kofi to win or Becky to win? I think Becky. I think Becky in the end. Because, ultimately, Becky. Because Becky, there's, an, there's, yeah, yeah. I think ultimately it's Becky. But my contention is. For this to truly reach all-time great, 
It has to be over Rousey, handing her the first loss. God. It's a bit more surprising. I'm tell Charlotte Flair you It's said a that. bit more surprising to the audience, especially if they have Rousey tap out. Especially if Rousey Charlotte's com- the damn queen. Especially she- if Rousey comes out Monday and is able to play a little bit of the UFC. Um, yeah, I'm, okay. s- I'm super Adam, depressed. That I'm when- super depressed, and I'm going to leave WWE okay. now. Adam, do you realize that when all of this current crop of females retire? That Charlotte Flair is going to be the Steve Austin. Absolutely. Person. Okay. Then. Then. Well, she's the. Yeah, she's, she's the, the she's the Rick Hulk Hogan. Rick yeah, Flair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, then we're gonna look back and say, "Wow, remember that historic ass time that Becky Lynch in their first of four WrestleMania matches beat Charlotte and to make history." And Ronda it'll be, it'll be, and Ronda Rousey was also in that match, by the way. No, I I, I stand by my right. my. That's here. our WrestleMania preview. Uh, I say that we will exit this card going. Yes, the card was too long. Yes, we're exhausted, <laughs> but look, it comes back to that old debate we stand with Nick all the time on this show. If you send us home happy, you can repair a lot of sins. If this match sizzles four and a half stars or better, and if Becky wins, we will go home happy, and we will say, hey, Adam, it's time for the post show. Is this the top five mania of all time? If those things happen, we're, we're, it's going to be there. Because Look, the one thing about this card, Jack Sprunner was right. There's a lot of crap that was thrown together, but if... It, a great mania card doesn't need to be top to bottom all killer. It needs to be every third match to really to really and the, and the biggest builds, the three to five biggest builds. You need like four great to, moments. Have to deliver. And the way we just discussed this, we have broken down ways in which all or some of those can truly deliver. And look, unlike other pay per views, if SummerSlam the babyface doesn't win. It's fine. Royal Rumble. You get a strange Royal Rumble winner. You have Randy Orton win it, and everyone's like, why the hell are you have Randy Orton winning the Royal Rumble, right? You can get away with that. WrestleMania is the one event. You have to send the fans home happy. That doesn't mean baby faces have to win every match. It means the matches need to be good, the storylines need to make sense, and you need to have those one or two moments. And Becky Lynch, no matter the rest of them, don't give us Kofi. Don't give us Rollins. Becky has to be that moment. It has to be the way WrestleMania ends. That's the mark in you talking, but you're it right. It is. You're right. It is. It's time for the man. It's time for that. All right. You know what it's time for, Adam? It is. That's an exhaustive WrestleMania preview that we just put out there. But, hey, when WrestleMania 35 gives you 35 matches and a 14-hour show, we promised an ultimate preview. to get that. And we gave but him an ultimate look, preview. This show doesn't end here. It's time for Mount Rushmore. So, Adam, let's talk about this. We love our listeners. What does this mean, Adam? You tell me. What does it mean right now when we reveal the four names chosen to join our will, if you will? What does it mean? Well, look, I mean, we're I don't know about other wrestling podcasts, right? But this is a situation where you keep your DMs open for our listeners. And from the very beginning, two years ago, when you and I sat down and I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to do this with you, you said, hey, I want this show to be very fan focused one segment i want to have every week is sliding into the dms and what this mount rushmore tells us is not just the people that were with us from the beginning some were some weren't uh it it goes to show the ones that bought into that mentality that took the opportunity to say hey wwe says they're going to listen to the people we actually do and these are four people who took that to heart and have allowed themselves to be part of you know, the best wrestling podcast now, Adam, on the internet. Let's have opinion. this debate out in the open right now. Is this a Hall of Fame? No. Or is this a reflection in the moment? I mean, should we do this 
every SummerSlam and Mania and induct four people more? Or is this just a reflection that right now, these are our four most dedicated, our best? These these four represent our fan base better than anybody th- else right now. I think it's like the Constitution. They call the Constitution a living document. I think this is a living honorific society if you yeah because if you benoit us you're off the damn mountain you try to take my co-host's vital organs in a tub in brooklyn somewhere in an abandoned building you're off this list hey you give a couple bad takes that we hate you might be off this list yeah this is uh you know you're living and dying by your takes and you know what i think it should be technically in every wrestlemania but i think at any time we reserve the right to make a change so every wrestlemania it's something where we say we're going to announce the four for the next year. But at any time, a horrible take, um, an annoyance, uh, something that you know really f- flips Brian the wrong way because his name is the one that's on the marquee, not necessarily mine. Uh, things can change. So be careful. Enjoy the honor. But it can change at and any look, point. Balor Club is for everyone. State of Combat Club, for the most part, is for everyone. We're, we're all inclusive all the time. But just like in the BC, Adam... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you, you feel that revolution? There is a revolution going on inside the state of combat, and these people are the elite. So, Adam, since we've talked about this, and specifically the last few weeks, as people know this announcement, this episode was about to happen, you want to talk about shooting your damn shot. I don't have – shout out – have you heard this guy on Twitter? He's been doing it not in the DMs but on Twitter. Jason Allen at Jaybird every day. I just want to tell you, Jason Allen. We see your tweets. You have shotteth your (laughs) shot like a prime Sean Kemp trying to impregnate half the country. Wow. This some of it was inappropriate. Some of it made me laugh. Some of it made me cringe. But you got to recognize, Adam. He tried. He He tried tried right there. Um, I want to shout out somebody quick in a DM slide. And look, there's the OGs. There's the people in the beginning. And. Every restaurant or diner takes the first dollar they ever owned and they frame it. The first DM we ever received, Adam, was from the first heel this show ever had. Absolutely. D. Mitty. He, he tried one more time from King Kong Mitty at D. Mitty 78. He said, hey, guys, just one thing to keep in mind when deciding the SOC route Rushmore. This is the first. It can, will change. Just remember your firsts. Listeners, DMs, event signage, the guys who were down since day one-ish. Hashtag Mitty is still money. Mitty, I got to say, I love this guy because he was day one-ish. Nick Costos never liked this man. Nick Costos had a problem. Uh, you never really got on board the MIDI, but I do want to give him his moment. Uh, you know, week to week with him. He thought he was going to go to Mania from, from Australia. He's one. He's our original Aussie listener. Uh, I pushed hard. Now, people want to know, how did how did we get here? How did this happen? All right? Because, look, like I said, people shooting their shots. You ever hear of Nittish Venkatish at Nitman Returns? Absolutely. Love that guy. He shot in today, and he was like, look, I'm going to shoot my Patrick Ewing on the Sonic shot at the Mount Rushmore of State of Combat That's Pro not a good Wrestling. Shot, That's edition. not a good shot, yeah. I've been an avid listener since day one and followed since the cheap heat days. I asked one of the most important questions in podcast history. You remember this one? By asking which wrestler would you choose if you had to start a wrestling promotion. I gave my answer as Kenny Omega, but this was before you, the handsome Greek, and the silver 
head, started watching NJPW, and tasted the revolution. So in essence, I was the first listener to give a taste of the revolution. I may not have the same shot attempts as some of the others on this list, but I also had our first baby last year. Congratulations, Nick. Yeah. So my time was spent in quality, high-efficient jump shots like a poor man's John Stockton back in the day, and I always carry the motto, Brett didn't screw Sonny. Brett screwed Brett. Wow, that's well done. I almost I almost had to take the sculptors and say. I have to say, hold on, get get a face print of Nidish. We almost need to do this. But here's the thing, Adam. We say, how did we get here? You and I, we had controversial. We had some arguments. We had there's a voting process. How it ended up working out? Two made it on unanimous. Two more were wild card host picks. Not everyone was unanimous, but like like any good American family, we're just going to sweep it under the rug. We're not going to tell people how and why it happened. In the end, right now, these are the first four, the core four, if you will. This is Jorge, Mariano, Derek, and Andy HGH Pettit. Don't forget. I was wondering if you were going to get Pettit Don't forget, there. he did that. So it's time to yeah. get into that. It's time to hear it and feel it. It is time for State of Combat, Mount Rushmore, this is not in numerical order of value. This is random. But number one, you know, is number one in our hearts and number one with a bullet. And we have him on the show today to accept his reward in a pre-recorded speech from Portland, Oregon with love. Tristan Atalano. Ataliano. At Tristan underscore, what is it? Ataliano underscore Tristan. God, did you pronounce that right? I don't think you did. <laughs> I do it on purpose, man. Come on. Adam. We're going to hear your thoughts on Tristan in a second, but now you hear his thoughts on joining the family. Welcome to the SOC. Yo, what's up, Brian Campbell, Adam Silverstein, State of Combat. This is your boy, the great Tristan Attilano. And as I record this, I'm not coming from Portland, Oregon, my hometown, the Rose City. No, I'm coming to you. You know where I'm at, that concrete jungle where dreams are made of. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I'm in some dingy, slimy, nasty hotel room wrapped up in those same bed sheets you were, BC, SummerSlam weekend when you finally saw the light. And while I got you here, BC, can you confirm are those the same bed sheets? Mae Young gave birth to that hand. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to go there. What I am going to go for is that top spot on the Mount Rushmore, a state of combat. You better believe that. I'm going to keep this. This speech, short and sweet. This isn't going to be some mid-period ITC, BC scripted promo that Adam Silverstein hated on. No, I'm going to keep this as quick as I can. I just want to say thank you to you guys, the two of you. Hell, you can even throw Costos in there. He's a good guy. (laughs) Thank you for letting me be a little tiny, minute part of this show. It's not about me. I know that. But I appreciate you reading the DMs, giving me shout-outs week in week out uh giving me props on the signs uh it's cool to get a little bit of recognition especially from one of my favorite podcasts going i also want to thank all the cool listeners that have dm'd me and uh added me um on twitter and stuff uh just to basically introduce themselves uh that's cool that i've been able to connect with a lot of those guys and just you know get to know them a little bit um as I'm shouting out these people, I do want to shout out one person in particular, and that's our boy D. Mitty. Um, I know he was on his way to WrestleMania, 
had a family emergency going through some hard times right now. So all of us, we can uh, just send him a message, you know, send our thoughts and prayers to him and his family right now as they go through this hard time. Um, and I guess real quick, I'm, I want to let you guys know I am going to be at Mania this year. My seats are just as good, if not better. You better believe there will be a sign there. I'm not going to give any spoilers or teasers, but just look out for it. Dead center camera side. There will be a sign representing state of combat this year. Um, I guess in closing, I want to thank you for shutting the F up and letting me talk for a minute. And before I go, I would like to state, that I did not bang Sonny either. Thank you guys. <laughs> oh, this guy's here's the thing, Adam. Here's did anyone bang Sonny or no? I mean <laughs> Dolph Ziggler did. Right, here's the thing. Sean definitely did. Yeah. Uh wow, we're gonna have some more sunny days. If we, we couldn't ask for uh, look, this guy, we met him once at an indie show. We didn't know if he was gonna take our liver. We, we didn't know that, okay? Yeah. Uh I wouldn't ask for a more dedicated fan to represent this show as the Ric Flair of this four horsemen, yeah, as the absolutely. as the face on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, this Mount Rushmore, might, we might as well call it the four horsemen because this guy spends his money and goes to shows and represents us. It wasn't just Mania and the hard cam side. Remember, he was on that Raw, and he yep. pulled up that in this corner side. I saved that photo. I, I printed it out. I have it on my desk. It says Campbell uh, Silverstein Costos in this corner. This guy is hardcore, and if you notice something key in there, first of all, I shout out D-Mitty. D-Mitty is going through something personal. We shout out to him. Absolutely. Uh, much love uh, all, in all seriousness. And making friends. I forgot. I couldn't find the DM real quick. Somebody DM'd me the other day and sent me a screenshot of Tristan following them on Twitter and was like, the SOC is bringing fools together, and it's a community here, and, uh, and you know, Tristan's our guy. Sure. Yeah, no, I, he said, like, he's a small part. No, he's a big part of the show. I mean, anyone that DMs with the conceit, here's the thing, man. It's not about just DMing us and asking questions. It's consistency. It's good opinions, good questions, good content. And if you heard that promo that he just cut, it's good content, good references, and appreciation for the show. He hits all three dingers every single time. So, Tristan Atalano, congratulations. Welcome as the first man or first person on the Mount Rushmore. It almost sounded like he said halfway between Atalano and Ataliano. There was like a little like... If we see him, we'll get him to clarify. All right, I wa- like Ataliano, though. I mean, He it's wants better. to hang out with us. Change he your wa- name. Change your name. He to wants Ataliano. to grab brews with us. But I will say this, what I respect about Tristan the most. Even though he goes to a million shows, he watches all kinds of wrestling, and he's not just a straight mark. Adam, he gets, he's, we get some of the harshest WWE creative criticisms coming from a guy like... Like this guy, he's called me out when he thought I went too far with the bed sheets. Yeah, he's called, and me out at the before. same time, he's called out WWE Creative and been like, "Look, I know you guys marked out to that, but that sucked." So I respect that he gets it. He represents us. Follow that man on Twitter at Atalano underscore Tristan. I think it's T R I S T O N, right? Yeah, I believe so. All right, that's how that's how his mama that's what his mama named him. Yeah. That's that's I mean that's that's the way it all went down. One guy's face is erected, if you will, into the rock. One more quick DM here, Adam. From at the Jeremy D. Smith from earlier. He's back one more time. He says, look, BC, life has been busy, but I haven't missed a pod yet. Down since day one, and I have to tell you that the dude hasn't put himself over, but there's no way Omar from Down Under should be left off the Mount Rushmore of the SOC. This is Jeremy D. Smith not putting himself over, shooting shots for others. He says Omar was the first fan voice we heard on the show when he sent an audio way back in the day, and every time we hear from him, he's insightful and he's interesting. The fundamental truths of the SOCR. 
Brett screwed Brett. We're Sean people on this pod. BC ain't no Janetti, and Omar is the OG of listeners, and you can't have a rush more without him. Wow, Adam, that's some SOC on SOC love right there. Well, I'm afraid I've got some good news. Yes, for you. The number two face being erected at the moment on that rock at State of Combat Mountain from Australia down under Melbourne. It's Omar Al-Rashid. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to reintroduce myself. And the Jay-Z line. My name nice. is Omar Al-Rashid, and I am the State of Combat Total Package. Now, you've heard my voice before, more so than anyone else's. First pay-per-view rewind, on-stage recorder from NJPW in Melbourne, and just been all around awesome DM slider. Now, BC shouted me out a few times, but I want to let you know a little bit about me. I am not just a WWE fan, though I am. I'm not just a pro wrestling fan, though I am. I am a fan of combat sports, and for that reason, I am the total package because I've been featured on the MMA show. I've DM'd back and forth about boxing with your boy Brian Campbell. I've even had well-dressed chats with Nick Costos about sneakers. Nobody knows the game like I do and nobody will be featured as much as I am because it's just not possible. You can't keep up and you won't keep up. See, that's why I'm on the Mount Rushmore because I'm the best. No one like me. And yeah, I can't afford WrestleMania tickets like your boy Tristan Adelano to show a sign or two. And I might not be in New York meeting greeting with everyone else and stealing a kidney from the Silver King, Adam <laughs> Silverstein. But what I will do is provide the best content at all times, in all places, from all the way across the world in sunny, well, it's raining right now, but sunny Melbourne, Australia. You can't beat me. You won't. Now spill that milk and magnesia for me because I've made it, baby. I've made it. Wow. Oh, i got to tell you this about Omar. He made a good point right there. This guy doesn't just contribute to the SOC Pro Wrestling Show. He listens to the box show. He listens to the MMA show. He's had DMs read on all three, which he's the only person to do that. And he's regularly up in my DMs talking, what do I think about this UFC fight? What do I think about this boxing match coming up? That's dedication to the brand, Adam. He's been our correspondent on the scene before for NJPW. He would have been a lot more for any any wrestling show there for us. Sent me a pretty sweet Naito t-shirt back in the day as well. Look, what else can we say about this guy? He's on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. We, we just had a run in. Somebody <laughs> DX, DX crotch chopped me there. Wow, wow. Uh, no, he's a no-brainer, a total no-brainer, to the point that when you and I were discussing the Mount Rushmore, and we were kind of going through some names just off the top. And you said Omar Al-Rashid. I go, yeah. Like, do we have to discuss that further? And the answer was no. Uh, so an easy, easy slot in at number two. All right. Let's get in to the next man who will live and die on the rock. And I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. This next fella, I don't know if you heard, Adam. One, probably could find a spot for him in your upcoming faction. And two, did you know he fancies himself a comedian on the side, Adam? Stand-up comedian? I don't know if we ever talked about this. Get ready for Adam X. Parsons. Hey, guys. Adam X. Parsons here. And, wow, I am truly shell-shocked to have received this special accolade. In fact, 
I ran and told my sister Abigail the news right away. You know, being a member of the prestigious SOC Mount Rushmore is an honor that I won't take lightly, and I knew I had the pedigree to be here all along. And never fear, I will not be a backstabber or commit any dirty deeds against my fellow listeners. Now I know your natural selection process was not easy, and we all know that some styles clash when chiseling out this Mount Rushmore. But rest assured, I will help bring this pod to new heights, not to rock bottom. Who knows? I may even have this etched on my tombstone one day. In conclusion, I appreciate that I have ankle locked up this special place within the SOC universe. And when asked what face I should be on this Mount Rushmore, well, I say that I've got to be the Teddy Roosevelt. Because you guys all know that I'm a rough rider. Thank you guys very much. And this will not be our last ride. So do we just kick him out because of the scripted promo right away or what? I was going to wonder because i got to be honest. I didn't expect it to this point to get this quality of, of submissions from all these guys. I mean, they went for it. Yeah. And this guy, the stand-up comedian, he he produced a scripted I mean, one. He, but does Adam X Parsons not improv? Is that not part of being I a don't know, but, successful comedian? But uh, working in all the finishing holds right there. He, it was good. Uh, Good. I thought it was pretty damn great. Well, you know, I mean, what's better is is working in your state of combat references. Oh wow! Not necessarily your WWE wow. references. Wow, Adam Sandler turning I, heel on Adam X no. Parsons right after the biggest moment of his SOC career. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, you know, you're, you're you're dropping a submission on us. You know, some some maybe we need to make some reconsiderations. Oh, no, I'm just God. kidding. Ad, Adam, uh, you know, truly deserves to be part of this. Um, you want to talk about consistent questions, consistent, yes. consistently conversing with us, not just asking questions for the show, but actually wanting takes in the moment and answering back and forth and having conversations. Which you can do at Silverstein Adam. I don't speak in the moment. You got to you got to yeah, hear me you, on Wednesday. You don't do that right? for, for someone who is, is totally... catch me in the DMs or listen to the show on Wednesdays. That's how it works. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, you know, I'm available. Uh, but you know, he totally deserving of this spot. And look, there's only one left after this one. But BC, before we get to the last one, right? We had issues here, like coming up with four, and, and we need to. Well, hold on, just to close on kind of lay that out there. Let me just close on Parsons. Okay. I will say he's the most active DMer. Yeah. Oh, which yeah, is which is key, but the quality backs it up. I think of any DMer that has made me think the most, where I said, you know what? Earlier today, Adam X Parsons DM me, and he's got a good point. It's really been that guy. He's 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 got a good mind for this business. Yeah. I haven't heard in comedy, but you know, shout out to him at on Twitter at Adam X Parsons. I know he does host the podcast. Well done there. Um, so yeah, wh- where are we going here? Well, I was this? just saying. I was all I was simply saying was like we have one left, right? Yes. But that does not really encapsulate the number of contenders that we had. And you've heard some of their names on this We're show. Break a lot of hearts here, Adam, because yeah. we've got love for these guys. We do, and, and you've heard a lot of names on the show already. And there's a lot more. That I you mean, and I went back and forth with. We're talking about guys like Dylan Hager, Rip yeah. Sauce, Dusty Finish, Billy Habibi, Daniel Greer, Cam Schilling, Dave Ehrenberg, CrossFit Moses himself, Arun Singh, Brian Owens, Black Saber Jr. How do we only have four spots that's here? A, that's really the tough part, and I want to make it clear to everyone that your name not being mentioned among these four does not mean it never will be. It also means one of these four could get in a really bad Thomas Jordan Sutton feud with Adam and be off the show in a second. Though. Yeah, that's also possible. So so just don't be offended if you're not in this four. It doesn't mean we don't love you. Hopefully you heard your name at some point during the show. And if you didn't, it's simply because I don't know. Hey, how... Rachel, Rachel's a big time Ra- member. Yeah, of this community. Abso- absolutely. I, I shouted her out to you. Did you say flair for the gold as well? 
I, I just, you know, put out a couple favorites there, but there's a lot if of If not, names. you got another mention there, buddy. Uh, and there's a lot of names that make this community of people yeah. that give us the five-star review, that call us out when they don't like our takes, that hit us up at Twitter, at State of Combat, and slide sloppily in the DMs. We also have heels on this show, Adam. Like I said, this was not a unanimous selection in this process. D-Mitty was a big-time heel. He just missed the cut here. But for the final spot, the fourth name, the face that will carve on the stone, will it stay there forever or will this guy be one and done? Will this man be the Benoit of our lifetimes? What's going to happen next? We don't know. But number four, I give you at TalkBox, Bob Backlund. Friends, Roman Reigns, Mex-Americans, Lend me your Mick Foley ears. That's pretty funny. It's your boy Talkbox, part of the inaugural class of the Mount Rushmore State of Combat, Hall of Fame, Valhalla of Glory. I am here to drop some our truth on you. Just kidding. What's going to happen right now over my next allotted two and ish minutes is I have the ability to talk about whatever I want, however I want, and why ever I want. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I first want to start by thanking my man, the Brian Campbell, for this incredible opportunity to be part of the State of Combat universe forever and ever, or at least until I upset Adam even more. <laughs> and Adam, I gotta thank you too, my man. Every rock needs a stone cold. Every stone cold needs his rock. And you, you, my friend, well, you're my mortal enemy, but I thank you. I thank you for giving us this feud to help make the state of combat entertaining because, quite honestly, that's what this is all about for me and what it's always been about for me. I love, love, love wrestling. That's it. It's my favorite form of entertainment. I think it's America's greatest art form. I think it's the world's greatest art form. There is nothing, absolutely nothing finer in this entire universe than when wrestling is great. And folks, it's WrestleMania season. I don't care if you love it, if you hate it. This is peak, peak, peak time to enjoy everything about wrestling. And wow, wow. I mean, I, I've been watching Charlotte kick Ronda to the face with her knee over and over on repeat for the last 24 hours. Wrestling is just phenomenal. There's nothing better. And I'm not going to spend my time dogging on Adam or talking about silver hedges or any of that stuff. I just want to talk about how great wrestling is. Because it is. There's always something positive to find in it, people. You can complain. You can fetch. You can do whatever. But wrestling is for the people. Wrestling is where it's at. Wrestling is amazing. Thank you for this honor. And that was all off the cuff, baby, because we don't script our promos <laughs> here in the State of Combat fandom. My guys, enjoy WrestleMania. To my fellow members of the elite Mount Rushmore of State of Combat, welcome. Let's grab a beer sometime, or at least retweet each other. And shout out to my boy, at Grump Handle Slam. Peace! Now, Adam, true or false? That was, that was a good line at the end about not scripting promos. Because there's two people that we know now do that. Oh, wow. Adam X. Parsons and the Brian and Campbell. Vince McMahon. Um, the Brian Campbell. Uh, let me ask you this. Is Silver King Talkbox the greatest feud in State of Combat in this corner of history? 
I guess if you had to give one a title. Sure. True or false? Did Talkbox himself, who lives in northern New England, and by the way, uh, does keep his name and real-life job and real-life persona separate for his own personal reasons, and we'll respect that on this show, but does Bob Backlund, <laughs> which is his gimmick, at Talkbox, uh, did he tr- break kayfabe, true or false, and try to squash the beef and have a beer with you in this New York City this week? Well, yeah, uh, we uh, conversed via the State of Combat Twitter account for obvious reasons because he's blocked <laughs> yeah, absolutely uh and i was willing time-wise didn't work out i had plans all right all right, all right. it happened Look, i've said it before and i'll say it again not liking someone on twitter doesn't mean you don't like them in real life i don't know this guy so i can't say i don't like him the person uh but in terms of twitter uh he's had multiple chances <laughs> and it's as simple as that i don't want his tweets in my in my mentions because Every time I give him another opportunity, I unblock him, and they come back in. I'm like, why the hell did I do that? So I, so that's the situation. But right, that I'm happy he's is. a listener on, of this show. And did you hear the love for wrestling? Did you hear the yes, passion yes. in there? Yes, I'm happy he's a listener on the show. I know you like him. As, Full as a, disclosure, I've, I've hung with the man, and he didn't kill me. Right, yeah, there's no bias there. BC's met this guy. Uh, but, no, I, I like him as a listener. I like him as a wrestling fan. And I, I appreciate his love for the State of Combat podcast, listening to us on a weekly basis, and certainly a deserving member of the Mount Rushmore, even if not um, a unanimous choice. Now, Adam, tell them what they win. They win our respect. They win yeah. uh, the first draft of whatever merch we will put out there in the world someday. Yeah. Maybe they'll win some prizes if we get their addresses and shoot them something. Maybe... They win an appearance on the show. I'd like to have these guys come back. These guys are like part of just, our lives. I feel like they just got one. Well, that was sort of a last minute, except your uh, your honor there. But I'd like a guest appearance from a Tristan Adelano one day. Well, you, you know, know what, mate? You know what? We we have neglected to our own fault to do pay-per-view rewind. Yes. And certain yes. other segments that we have done in the past. Maybe there's a scenario post-WrestleMania where... We have some reader submissions, and they get the first opportunities to make submissions. And look, this show isn't about competition. We love quality submissions. These are the people that we're putting in our family will right now. But I'm getting new DMers all the time. Hey, Jonah Rosenthal, I read it, man. I'm just reaching out. We have people with really cool, interesting jobs in the world. We that, do that. That you know that listen to our show and love it. So I'm I'm shouting out to all these people. My boy Chris Nyron, on and on and on. And Adam, app- and apparently we have some. Well, that we don't know for sure, but some listeners in that WWE office, the way things have been uh, booked and set up <laughs> over the, the last few months. Every podcast thinks WWE's hey, listened to. Some it. people think, some people know. All right, it's field spot time, Adam, after the lengthy show. I don't think this was as long as our preview last year, which is good. Cause this that is was shocking because I feel like we've been doing this for five hours. Um, okay. Black Sabre Jr., a guy who very easily could have been fit for his face on this. I would almost say, and we haven't discussed, maybe a runner-up. Yeah, maybe he got jobbed. Maybe maybe that's what maybe he did. Maybe it's time Um, at TKCXP on Twitter. If you're wondering, he says, guys, for the mania preview, can you guys, in addition to giving predictions, which you just did, tell us what in your heart of hearts, your feel spot of feel spots that you want to happen at mania? Adam, what's your number one as a Mark fan potential feel spot moment this mania? Hey, it could be Hogan running in to save Roman. Whatever you got, Adam. Yeah. Um. Becky tapping out Charlotte, middle of the ring, disarmer. The damn man. Tapping her out. Not, no falling asleep. You said Charlotte, you didn't say Ronda. Oh. Wow, he's oh, back. He's, cra- seen, oh. he's seen the light. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Becky tapping out Ronda Rousey in the middle of the ring and not putting her to sleep or having her pass out a la Stone Cold Steve Austin with Bret Hart. 
tapping her out, hand to canvas, and winning the match, taking both titles, climbing to the top rope. Champ, champ, Becky Lynch. I want to add that I mean it when I say I'm really proud of the women because, look, we've interviewed them a million times now going back three years, and so many times I've said, you know, what's your ultimate goal? What about one yeah. day main event? And it's been every one of their, you know, I feel bad Sasha's not a part of this again. And, yeah. I, and, and if Sasha and Bailey come out at the end and we do the four horsewomen moment, it could be amazing. I'm just so happy for them that I think my field spot moment will be Becky winning. And then if they do that moment, we're all four stand with their titles. Well, Becky would have both. Let's Becky would forget. have both. But look, I, I think that's one of those moments that it's almost like the click sharing hands and holding, you know, in the cage. It's like it, it goes beyond storyline. It's like you realize the journey they've is, been on. And, is that too sappy? No, because sometimes you got to go there. And like evolution look, ended with Ron with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch standing okay, next to each other as friends, All each right. holding up the title. Here's what I'm going to say. I didn't even love when Becky. I'm sorry, when Bailey and Sasha ended at NXT that time in that awesome match they had in, in full sale when the whole everyone on stage had flowers and they were clapping. To me, that's overdone. But there are moments that go beyond storyline that represent more of the journey of the athlete. Daniel Bryan coming back last year. Daniel Bryan at 30. That was the fans willing him in there. Roman Reigns coming back from this. And I think the women here, that'll be my ultimate feel spot moment. Uh, quick feel spot, by the way, this week. Did you see Big E on SmackDown? There was a backstage segment where he had the boobs cut out on his T-shirt. On his Kofi WrestleMania T-shirt. Oh, my God. That was so uh, hilarious. Quick feel spot for me. AJ and Orton about to come to blows. Kevin Owens hops out of the ring like... Like it was on, like it was lava. He couldn't get out of there fast enough. Really funny. Uh, quick shout out. For, we have female listeners apparently. So apparently we do. Not just Rachel Struck. <laughs> Sarah at Crimson Heel too. <laughs> she just wrote in and said she needs this to be a sound bite from a show two weeks ago. She needs it to be added to the long list of Brianisms. Love the pod. Thanks for all the love to us, Lady Marks. Sarah at Crimson Heel too. This one's for you. And they were just like, "You're gonna enjoy this, okay? And you're gonna, yeah. There's some vegetables in the lasagna, but we're gonna stuff it down your throat so hard that you're gonna enjoy oh, this. God. You're gonna feel it, Adam. I felt it. Did you feel it? Did you feel that? No, I know that's not the sound bite you wanted. You wanted this one. Are you kidding me? Stick it right in me, right? In the, well, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me hold let me, on. There it is. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Here's a piece of me. I like. Oh, right don't there, do. Don't know. ruin this great show. All right, Andre, you want to take us out of here for a second? <laughs> Oh, God. No, he doesn't. He doesn't take us out. Oh, shout out to There's our one guy who takes us out. at State of Combat. Much more coming this week, guys. Big time audio on Thursday, special interview edition. Go back and listen to the NXT preview show with Triple H, with Adam Cole, Charlotte last week, Jay Lethal the week before. Get some of this, Adam. What do you got? Sunday night, Monday morning, WrestleMania, instant analysis. Our biggest show of the year. Don't you dare. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Oh, that's a little rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. We out.